And now we are good. We are live. Welcome, Mr. Tyrell, not Tyler. Welcome. What's up? How's it going? Your life is good, man. It is this whole like adventure has been quite interesting, all things considered. But really, it's exciting to have you here. Honestly, my name is Holden Stefan Roy. This is Bridge the Gap, and it's basically the show where we walk through the lives of interesting people such as yourself and we just kind of extract knowledge nuggets from the experiences and just kind of see what see what it is and a lot of ways okay okay little knowledge nuggets i like that i like that terminology there yeah i mean in a lot of ways it's like i don't know if you ever tried to research people here but there's there's not necessarily a lot of information out there just on the facts of life and so like that's kind of the goal is to to like capture the stories of us especially when it comes to montreal folk i believe you're from montreal right i am born and raised yeah fantastic so that's super important for the first question that we're gonna have which is it's a little bit of a, a staple we do here now it's a bit of a story when it lands you can take it in whatever direction you want and then we're right. gonna get the ball rolling for real so it all starts with my girlfriend and she's washing the dishes and she's playing that black eyed piece on the i got a feeling Mm-hmm. And she's vibing, okay. she's dancing, she's doing her thing, but she's washing the dishes. And I start thinking about this. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of funny that this song is a dishes song now. Like, this song in particular is chores music. It's exercise okay. music. It's the shit that, like, we put on when we're doing the absolute boring stuff to make life a little bit less boring. But what, But what's interesting about this song in particular is, like, at least for a lot of us 10 years ago, this was the club banger. Like it was the club banger. Like at two in the morning, everybody would be super drunk, dancing in circles and shit to this song. And then I was like, yo, hold on a second. So 10 years ago, this song over here is a club song. We all out doing our club thing, bars, whatever we do when we're out and about. And then 10 years later, all of a sudden, this song is dishes music and exercise music and stuff. And I'm like, that's, that's serious, right? And so I realized that as we got older, the song stuck with us, but the purpose and the energy of the song completely changed. And its role in our life completely changed and evolved along with us. And I was like, that's a super nifty thing. Then I said to myself, these little 20-year-olds dancing to Cardi B right now, they have no idea what's coming. They have no (laughs) idea that this is going to be their dishes music. And then as I've gone over this a bunch of times, I found out Cardi B is just dishes music if you're the right age. And it's seriously nifty how, like, the club music becomes the exercise chores music, and it just kind of evolves. And so if the songs go on journeys with us, and we're the music people, we also have these journeys that we go on. And I find that when we talk about this, a lot of us start in that adolescent phase when we form our identities and start to attach ourselves to music and all these different things. But if you really think about it, music has always been around since like we're born. There's gonna have been some kind of it, parents, whatever, whatever environment. Same. So like I can remember being like, four-ish years old my dad's got these gray boxes all lined up the amp and the tape decks and the radio thing and it got all the wires going everywhere all across the apartment to all these different fucking speakers and shit that he would put together take him 30 minutes to set this shit up when we moved he'd be busting out the led zeppelin tapes all throughout the days and whatnot at night it was the 90s club dance mix 96 radio vibes that would be mix going 96. on what is that bro you're talking virgin radio back then it was mix 96 <laughs> vibes I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um 
then yeah my mom would be into like the discos and she would be bumping musicals and whatever not as much fun i remember at christmas time we had these edm album of like remixes to christmas bangers and we only ever played it at like present opening time kind of thing so i have to say like there's this whole like existence to music that almost creates this foundation to who we end up becoming as artists and things later on in life mm -hmm. so i was mm -hmm. hoping you could bring us back to the youngest tyrell you can remember and walk us through a little bit what it sounded like to be you before you had any control over what it sounded like. Okay, so we're talking strictly from a musical perspective? Well, we start there and get all branched out. <laughs> okay. So, 100% um, raised on soul and R&B. Um, my mother would be listening to anything from like 70s to probably 90s. And then later on, she got into the 2000s, you know, as I aged a little bit. But it was like Stevie Wonder, you know, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Uh, it was mostly, my mother liked feel good music. So it was a lot of upbeat, uh, more soul funk. And then my father was more onto like a 90s R&B vibe, <laughs> like songs with more emotional contact. So I learned a lot of like songwriting coming from those 90s R&B songs that really had like very crafted lyrics. The lyrics were not how lyrics are now. It's kind of just like a line is a line. None of them tie into each other. So I was more raised on, this is the theme of the song. So like Luther Vandross had these songs where it was really just, you know, the hook is this and the verses correspond to what the hook was. And so I was really raised on that, that feel good love music, I would think. And, and some of the pain music too, which is, which is probably most what I tie into or attach to. Nah, everything I heard in your catalog, everything. Cause yo, we were like, your YouTube is a treasure trove that people should go discover. It's a fucking treat to go back to your old Bruno Mars covers. <laughs> yeah, damn, you went, way, you went way back. Yo, people have 2010 videos, bro. I mean, of course I'm going to click on that. I mean, as much as yeah. happy for you as a banger, let's go back to the Bruno Mars covers. <clears throat> yo. <laughs> We got you got Mr. Logical, your bros in the chat, apparently validating everything you're saying about growing up with that. And as Ismail in the chat said, yo, it makes sense when we listen to your music, everything you describe mm. there. Like, that's why it's so interesting. Like, that is the real influences of stuff. Were your parents bumped in? Was y'all like on vinyls? Was it radios? Like, how was y'all oh. like listening to music? Like we had we had tapes, never never vinyls. I don't think, I don't think my parents ever had the vinyls. They're not that like my parents are pretty young still, mm. so um, definitely we started with tapes. You know, I remember back in the days with the tape decks, and we would have to press the record button and the play button in order to make sure we were recording what was on the sound there. So we did all that, and then it moved to discs. Obviously, CDs were probably more prominent. I remember having the discman that you kept in your pocket that you could barely fit. You know, mm. <laughs> that one that if you hit it, it would skip the CD. I was oh, around in that time. <laughs> you, nah, you're bringing me back to high school and the pains of the skippings. And remember, like, getting an anti-skip one. And an anti-skip <laughs> one would mean that your batteries last in an hour. <laughs> yeah, but it's also the biggest scam. I remember having anti-skip CD players, and they would still skip, bro. Like, if one, one hard hit, it's on to the next song, bro. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, honestly, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Or if it got scratched in that one particular song, we get fucked up every single time, no matter what happened. Next song, play the next song. Um, yeah, 100%. So when you were like young, what part of Montreal did you grow up in? So I was actually born and raised in St. Henry. Okay. I lived there for a, probably the longest part of my life, probably until I was about um, 17 or so. All right, so we'll definitely pick up where you go after 17. So you're up in St. Henry. 
And uh, are you, when you're like really young, do you have like an interest in singing or are you preoccupied with other stuff? Uh, when I was really young, I had no interest in rap. I would say that very honestly. That's fair. I was actually, the only artist that I really wanted to be was Usher. So the 8701 album was probably the first album that really wanted to make me get into being a performer, being a singer, being a songwriter. And even like, Usher's 87, yeah, yeah, I remember when that came out a bit. So were you like, were you young when you heard that? And I don't, I don't remember exactly when it dropped. I mean, I don't want to like a hundred percent give my age away. Eighty-seven oh one. That would make me eleven. Okay, that's fair. Don't worry about your age. You got the beard going on. It's perfect. Own that shit. You're gonna sell more like that anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> the truth of it. I'm like, yo, you can't hide from your age. This is the fact of the situation. You even said it, it on one of your it. tracks. If they listen to it, you say you're 23 on a song, and it has the year of the song. And I was able to deduce how old you were from that shit just by you and through oh. your music. Okay, tell me that song so I could delete. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, you know what's funny is that it's only the people I talk to attached to battle rap that give a shit. In any way. A hundred percent. Everyone else is like, who the fuck cares? Whatever. I'm thirty-three. I own that shit. Because in battle rap, there's such like this 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 thing where I have to like even social media, you have to curtail everything to make sure that they can't find information off of you and use that against you. I don't feel that same energy from music, but when you're in battle rap, everything you post, every everything you talk about is open for be them picking it apart. Yeah. I've definitely come to encounter that. Like the first time I ever encountered somebody I talked to with a private profile was an active battle rapper. And then it like made sense. Okay. Private what? Instagram. You're a battle rapper. It's not like you're a rapper rapper where you want all this shit. Like you want diss songs when you're a rapper rapper. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, so before you get into the singing, cause yo, believe it or not, people care about like the completionist of you. Unlike the battle rap world in the music world, all the fans are like, yo, I want to hear about Tyrell when he was seven. And you know, so like what other kinds of shit preoccupied a little version of you before the music kicked in then? Oh, so before music, it was, um, to be honest, like I started learning English or English on a Dr. Seuss level. There was this book that had a compilation of Dr. Seuss um, stories. It had like Yertle the Turtle, it had How the Grinch Stole Christmas, The Lorax, and that was the book that I really used to read frequently. So that really got in me into my love of rhyming. That was a lot of what I did when I was a kid. Obviously, I, I grew up with brothers and, and a sister, so we a lot of fighting, a lot of stuff like that. You know, those my those my childhood. Hold but up. I've kind of been primarily a caregiver, and just making sure I was there for my sister most of my uh, most of my life. Yeah, that's serious. But you're saying that you went and read a bunch of Dr. Seuss, and that got you rhyming as a kid. <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling you, if you if those are this one compilation book that had every single one of those stories. Like I said, those ones that I listed, there were a few other ones. I think something about a hat, Mortimer's hat or something. Like, I don't know. But it was, um, it really got me into like rhyming. And what I liked about Dr. Seuss is it wasn't always like one syllable rhymes, which is right now, like when I hear a rap song and it's one syllable, I really get, it like hurts me a little bit. I'm like, if you rhyme bus with Gus, I get annoyed a little bit only because it's like, it's the old style of rap. And I, I prefer like at least two syllables, multi-syllables if better, you know, but. That's where it started as far as my love for rhyming. And so that made me do poetry. Poetry finally got me into rap, but it was really my brother that got me into that. So he used to listen to rap and then he started rhyming and rapping and he put me on one of his songs and then it was, you know, history was written from there. So you're saying flat out that Dr. Seuss got you into multi-syllabic rhyming. 
most people go to like, that straight up. Go to like M and M and other sources, and you're just like, Doc, yeah, that's this is why we do this, man. People need to know this shit. Value and I mean, power of Dr. Seuss. I'm not gonna say that you know all those other artists didn't like take it to a different level, right? So when you start getting a little more critical of your work, then you start going, okay, well he did this many syllables and made it rhyme this way, but definitely it started with Dr. Seuss. My love for rhyme started with Dr. Seuss, and I think I've curtailed it more once I listen to more artists, more different artists. Eminem was one of them. I've never been particularly a great fan of Eminem. I get that. I'll say that straight out, only because I'm not a big fan of his voice, <laughs> but. Um, I like his songs where they're a little more deeper, um, Toy Soldiers, a little more um, on the heavier stuff, you know? That's fair. But I was, you know, when I was young, I listened to that song where, you know, Kim and, and uh, you know, you know, Bitch, I'm Gonna Kill You and all that stuff. That was, that's, that's my jams, you know? Yeah, that album, in my opinion, slaps real hard, especially when you're really young and it was like he was all over the world. That whole era was like a, a vibe. Um, and we could never go back to it. That's... <laughs> There's no way we go go back to that album and it'd be okay. Uh, it's definitely a weird listen. It's a weird one. Mm. I mean, I do bump it here and there, but I find I don't listen to him at all anymore. Like, I just have no sure. desire to. It's not even like yeah. he's good or bad. It just, I don't know. There's something about a dude in the 1% that whines all the time that just doesn't sit right with me. Okay, what do you, what do you, what do you mean when you're saying whines all the time? I mean, like, when you listen to his music, it's very whiny but he's extremely fucking wealthy and it just doesn't sit as well. Like when he was not extremely fucking wealthy, that bot, that just, that's just me. I can't get past that. That's not even a real thing to a lot of people. That's just my, like where I'm at with it. I don't know if you you're saying more on the wine, like people are like, he's whines a lot about like how people are not respecting his, all um, that shit. It's just like, go be like, like I don't know. I, I heard like the Carters and I'm like, I suppose that's what I want my really rich rappers to sound like. <laughs> 100%. They know their wealth. They know where they're at. Like, and I, they appreciate like, I want you to be so confident you don't need me at that point. Not the other way around. But that's, again, my preferences. I'm not judging the guy. I just, that's what I want to listen to. I want to listen to confident motherfuckers that, like, you know, own the world. <clears throat> that being said, I don't want, I don't want a diss track versus Eminem. I'm not Machine Gun Kelly. I no, would get smoke. I don't want that smoke. Smoke versus I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> it was super crazy is how that happened. And then Machine Gun Kelly goes on to like dominate music in a completely different genre. Which, and I feel a genre that, that fits him better in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. But I always saw him like that. What really got me into him was a Rise Against cover. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> back in the day, like it was always that side of him that was super appealing to me. Um, right. Anyway, so you were like 11 and you got into Usher and you decided, fuck it, I'm going to be a singer. Bro, it was eighty. It was Usher eighty seven oh one, and then from that it was Neo. Neo's first album, I think it's called In My Mind. I don't Not know your that. style. Neo, Neo's like <laughs> one of those guys where I know he's on that song with Pitbull, and you just said mm -hmm. Neo's around since back then, and I just realized Neo's around since back then now. <laughs> Bro, Neo was high school. <laughs> Neo was high school for me, and it was really just like the carefully crafted lyrics. Everything fit perfect. He just really made me want to work on songwriting. And then after that, you know, you had the Joe Buttons. Joe Button was super crazy. And I'm talking like post Pump It Up. Pump It Up was like, every time you say Joe Button, people think Pump It Up. I think his other songs where it's really just 
you know, just well-crafted stuff, you know? Yo, go on so a my bit brother about that. Like, what, which ones? Like, what, what is it about Joe Budden? And I say that because we just talked about Joe Budden the other day. Somebody mm-hmm. pump it up is that, and then often it's he's mm-hmm. not a good rapper or this, that, the next thing. So having somebody be like, fuck, pump it up. I'm super into Joe Budden. I'm not curious what makes you into his music. Okay, so I don't think, like, I, I couldn't list you a title. It was I was ah, listening to this cool. back when my brother when my brother used to listen to it. Um, but it wasn't pump it up. It's just that he used to do songs where it was really crafted in storytelling, but he would be able to rhyme the entire thing. Like even his disses against um, Drake, when he did the Drake, the whole Drake dissing thing. That's way later, way, way later. But he was just, he's well-crafted in the way that he writes, whereas pump it up was really more radio. I liked post-radio Joe Budden. Mm. I think it was after he dropped, got dropped by his label. And then after that, he was really more a better writer. Even Slaughterhouse Joe Budden without the ego. Would be nice if he cut the ego. <laughs> Slaughterhouse Joe Budden was dope. That's fair. So when you were in like high school then, and what high school did you go to? I went to Westmount High School. Fresh. So when you were in high school then, um, were you involved in music at all? Or was this just something you were fascinated with on the low? Um, yeah, so... High school, I don't think I started really rhyming or rapping until I was 16, which probably would have been the end of it. Um, there were like a couple of people that are doing ciphers, but to be honest, I've never had like the confidence to freestyle during a thing. I'm a, I'm a written artist, so when people were doing ciphers, I was kind of just listening and, and, and monitoring the, the, the thing. You know, I was, I was more like Drake with the cell phone out. You know, I could write my things down and then after that, reread them. But I can't, I can't come up with stuff off the top. And were you doing like singing stuff prior to that? Singing? Listen, I've been singing, you know, just because I used to work a job when I was 17. I was doing cleaning and it would be like just me in the building. So I would sing and I would start doing, that's when I really started writing. So when I was 17 and I was doing cleaning, there was nobody in the building. I would just be writing songs with instrumentals that I used to listen to off of um, that piff. I used to download a lot of stuff off of that piff back in the days or YouTube instrumentals. And then I would just play them and then write songs to them. It was probably the most creative part of my, uh, my musical career. Mm. That's, that's super nifty. Is it, is it a virtue of the time? Like just cause you had the time to like fuck around while you're at work and you could in theory just bang out songs at work. Time was one of the things I think when you get older, um, you start getting in your head a little more. I had a little bit more, confidence i had less worry about what other people were thinking when i was younger um but i think as i've gotten older like i'm more you know listening to i think you get more empathic empathetic empathetic. yeah empathetic so i get more empathetic to people and so what happens is when i'm listening to or writing to a song now i think more about what the audience is going to receive from it so i'm a little less you know, in my own head and a little more externally. So it, it, it takes a different toll when it comes to the writing. And I think that just means that like for when it back then it came so easy, it was this, 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 that. And now it's, it's a struggle to write music. Now it's more, it takes time. It takes time. Sometimes it hits right away, but most of the time it's now it's, I need a theme. I know exactly what I'm going to write about. And I need to make sure every line hits where I didn't have to worry about it back then. Yeah. I really like that you brought that up. I mean, I went through a whole thing like that over the last two or three years, to be honest. Because um, mm. you get, well, I think it's not necessarily a virtue of age, but a virtue of how serious you want to take your career. And I say that because I watched a music yeah. video and said, oh, this dude's taking his shit serious, serious right now. <laughs> like, 
that's like a banging video. Honestly, I don't like music videos much. I really find most of them to be shit. <clears throat> that was nice. Oh. That Say was, how you really feel. I, I just do. I'm not good at it. Like, no, I mean, it's not that they're shit. It's just like they serve their even my videos are like whatever they're a visual accompaniment i'm not really that kind of artist like that it's really weird for me so i watch a lot of videos even the story ones are kind of whatever your shit was nifty and then you were still dropping devices by the end of it with the fear fucking um hope thing at the end like an entirely new deviation of interest that drops in 80 80 percent of the way through the fucking video i was like <laughs> okay this is at a level that i don't see a lot of in life even in the mm. pros even in because you know, I stopped when I do the album reviews I'm not really doing them now don't ask people um but when I do do them like I don't even talk about the videos no more I just okay there's nothing left for me to say but yours is really good so I wanted to give you the props on that I even like hit up buds and I'm like I like that a lot <laughs> like I saw him in the mm -hmm. video I was this mm -hmm. fucking enjoyable so. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest though the hope fear um theme was really built off of um 500 days of summer I don't know if you've ever seen the the movie so in that there was like a scene where he's about to go see his ex-girlfriend and there's this scene where they cut his expectations versus the reality of what happens. So they have this entire scene where he goes upstairs, he finally sees her and they fall deeply in love again and then everything goes happy and then he has this other fear which becomes the reality and he meets her and she's with a new man. And mm. it was exactly the same thing we wanted to build but when we were working with Guillaume Berizian, he decided that the real more thing that is relatable is hope and fear. We all have these hopes that we want things, how we want things to be, but the fear also proceeds in us of how we are afraid it might happen. And so when, what I really liked what he did was he took the fear and then he saw that the reality like expanded into what it actually was, which is what my favorite part of the video was. Yeah, that was hype. Yeah. It really took it to like a, a deeper level and and i've been there so for him to do it in, in the video was like it's just real a real thing you know i liked it um so uh, basically let's go back to like you're 17 ish you're working there you're saying it's what i liked about what you said though it was like almost more easy to be creative so something about the process of overthinking makes you less creative listen it could make you a better writer in the sense that even if I go back to my older music, I don't think it tied into a theme as specifically. But then again, sometimes, like if I look at my legs, if we go way back to like Bruno Mars, my grenade cover, I could take a hook that somebody was writing and then write in an entire verse in that hook. What's becoming harder is making it come from myself. So like I could do a remix to a track easy where I'm just writing a hook to something that somebody already came up with, but coming up with my own ideas and then after that, tying it into a theme that sticks is a lot harder now. Because it's also like you start to realize what's been done before. When Ooh. I was 17, I really didn't know what the history of music was. I haven't been watching the industry for the last 10 years. And now watching it, you're like, oh, well, this song's been done. That song's been done before. Am I really going to make this song that sounds just like this song? I get a little more critical about it because I've studied more material. It's probably the same thing for a book writer who has read several books and they're like oh well this book it's been written before or even even within yourself right because mm. i mean you, like i find like sometimes i listen to it and like my girlfriend pointed out that i have a clutch on my face styles that i fall back on and i say the same thing like every time so now every time i hear it i'm like that's the worst thing i've ever and then i'm like what am i doing <laughs> 
That's the dumbest <laughs> shit ever. Um, to me, at least. Uh, what, what, I, what I thought was when you said that, I was like, yeah, because I want the Tyrell version. That was my thought, because I find you highly interesting, especially in this world of DMS and stuff. Your personality kind of stands out to me as like this, mm. this like character that isn't necessarily of the traditional mold of what you would find in in that general sense. So it's like, yeah, I kind of want to, I don't know, I was listening to another one of the covers, one of the other Bruno Mars, and it felt like you just put your flair on it, you wrapped it more or less, and I'm like, yeah, so bro you're just doing bruno mars and it sounded ill just you doing it with your own version so that's my perception as like yeah. a listener so i hear you as an artist as <laughs> the other side is yo sometimes shit's a vibe and yeah. you make the vibe 100 percent, 100 percent. i think you're referring pr probably to just the way you are yeah that shit was yeah nice. and that one was that one was really just like it came from genuine emotion you know like i was writing it for somebody so i said <laughs> I wrote it, but also I was influenced by a lot of different styles and I don't like to sound like a lot of different artists. So I won't do in that sound, like sound like Drake or, and I feel Montreal does this a lot now. Like we, we I'm having an issue with a lot of the sound that's going out right now. And it sounds like everybody. I mean, there are some artists that are really just taking it to a different sound. Nate Husser, obviously being one of them. I don't know anybody in Montreal that sounds like Nate Husser. And there are several other ones that are just making their own sound. I like Deuce God really like a lot. God, bring Deuce. Deuce God, yeah. Deuce God is ridiculous. Um, cool Man Logan does this thing. You should bring up Cool Man cool Logan. Man Logan. You share a lot of this stuff. Cool. Hey, squad now. You got you to bring squad up your squad. people. Like when you when they roll yeah. with you. Yo, it's even plausible, depending on how the day goes, that CLN's up here later because we're trying to bang on some shit. Plausible. Because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes mm -hmm. we get lazy. Uh, um, but like... Yeah, it's it's just I thought he's a good artist. I think Serenity is a really good artist. I think Mr. Flipstar Serenity. is a really good artist. Um, there's actually I've actually done a track with Flipstar. He's dope. Yeah, I saw that on the Spotify just now, and I heard it before because I listened to the album and it just didn't connect a hundred percent. Sometimes you like realize who the features are after the fact. But all yeah. I'm saying is, uh, I get what you mean about Montreal in a lot of ways, but I also think that there's a lot of misinformation out there and not a lot of people have ever played with big numbers so they don't mm. fully have the context to recognize that even 80,000 views on a thing isn't a win right like to mm. me that's it's not the, about the views so totally, it's like, right? it's like culture is a thing that I'm very fa fascinated on I'm happy to talk about that any day of the week we're gonna go back to you though trust your story is important just one thing, though, I did want to to, to say, because I feel like a lot of times when people mention Nate Husser, um, they don't mention the other two people that were in his group that I feel are doing crazy dope music still. So back when Nate Husser was with the posters, he used to be with Chris the Spirit, Joey Sherritt, right? And both of them right now are still doing very dope music. And I want both of them to get their shout outs. They need to get their tea as well. So, you know, what they can, their flowers, why well, they can still smell them, in my opinion. They are super dope artists, and I think they need to get shouted out more. I think there's so many dope artists in Montreal, but we just don't actually see them because of the sheer volume of artists in Montreal. At one point, I made mm -hmm. a playlist. I just haven't updated it. It is 11 hours in Montreal. 11. Damn. And it's a fraction. And it's all within the last year or so with a couple of exceptions and everybody i've okay. showed it to had to shut the fuck up and say the city had talent <laughs> okay. and it's every style 
so to your credit there is every fucking style but that's kind of cool within itself so it's almost like no matter what the fuck you're into in this city there's like 10 guys who do it and that's something i can say confidently so blessing and a curse with it i could understand the lack of artistic distinction but also mm. I, I don't think a lot of people have ever done the market research into what a city sound is and i'm only blessed because i do this so i talked mm. to lush one and lush one gave me a formula that i thought made a lot of sense he said go to any region listen to everything that's not hip-hop in that region and then go listen to the hip-hop and you'll find out exactly what the fuck the city sound is because all mm. it is is that hip-hop is like uh, a collage of the sounds of a region so okay. fundamentally you just have to look at your city's music scene and go what the fuck pops that's what the fans in the city are going to gravitate to and that's what the city sounds like right and that's kind of why I ended based up on that. your research where did you get what did you get i made what an edm your... project and i started finding any edm beat i could get so Montreal's EDM in your... Bro, the rave scenes are ridiculous. My brother was doing 3,000-person sets while I was performing at 80 people in a bar. My brother was getting paid once upon a time when I was not. Um, this is back 2012, 2014 era when I started. Rave scene had some issues. They went legitimate, as in bigger scale, which made it less yeah. fun for the real, real ones. And then there was some violence and shit, which caused some problems and then killed the underground on cop shit. But um, it taught me a lot about the potential for things. But also, like, I was just sitting there thinking, like, yo, COVID's done. Who the fuck wants to go stand in a bar, watch a bunch of rappers rap? Yeah, there's people. But I think a lot more people want to go to a rave and just fucking dance. Try to get but laid let's and be shit. Honest, how many people wanted to do that before COVID? Wait, I felt like yo, bro, did you see Jerry Park during COVID? When the four, like, the yeah. thousands of people in Jerry Park fucking partying to these underground raves with Kei Chinata in them? All the dance. Raves, sure. Yeah, 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 100%. That's different. But I'm talking about the hip-hop scene as far as, like, even prior to COVID, we were having a struggle with selling tickets as hip-hop artists or going to do shows as hip-hop artists, in my opinion. Yo, and I don't know if you that's are my not opinion. incorrect. But, like, you know, there's layers to all of this, right? So, for one thing, people don't understand their age group no more. Young people, mm. hip-hop, and old people, hip-hop is not the same. And my cutoff is 25. Okay. If you're 25, none of your friends want to go to the bar and get smashed like they used to. Mm. So your ability to create an energy for the for the music for sure. So what I saw is a lot of people get older, and the show stayed at 11 p.m. And I'm like, bro, like I couldn't sell tickets to shows not because I didn't have 10 people who I could convince to come, but because I couldn't find a show that started early enough. That was one of them. Um, Yo, the kids stop going to bars on drink prices. So if you're trying to get young people going to like bars is just weird. Cause have you ever seen a 20 year old at a bar in the last, you know, they don't do that. They, <laughs> so I, I started talking to young people and there's a bit of a split between uh, the rich going to clubs, techno dance music and the poor but, people at house parties, everything. House in the world. Party. So it made me realize that like, yo, the problem in a lot of senses was environment. And then there's a branding issue. Yo, let's be real. Like when everybody's talking shit about all the shit and all the people that are friends with us see everybody talking shit about all the shit, all they fucking see is bad. So I said, fuck that. And I just started doing this promote sh people shit. Sometimes I don't even like your shit and I'll share it. Mm, what? <laughs> it's the facts of it. Or at least I'll think it's mediocre and call it great. There are like five or six people I will die hard say are amazing. Serenity, Cool Man, Logan, Flip Studies are people I think are fucking incredible. But like, yeah. yo, it's about saying 
this city's blessed or like there's so many things we as artists fail to do to like actually build branding for the city like yo if i send you my shit you might not like it but do you have a boy that likes it guarantee mm. you i do weird geeky white boy shit trust people in the city that might fuck with it then when i hear your r&b shit my guy no offense is not my favorite but i know some motherfuckers that would roll with that shit like you and basics on a track it just sounds perfect to me bro i've been wanting to do an album and both of us have talked about it i've been wanting to do an album with basics an entire thing anyway because the the sound just fits and, and honestly he's a dope dude he's just really great but and MC wise or rap wise, yeah, fuck unparalleled. Um, and I guess all of that is I went on this journey. So I started talking to people, and I realized one thing: a lot of people know about promo, and nobody know a damn thing about marketing. <laughs> and it's like I don't, Preach. I don't, I don't. You, you'll notice my okay. I do have a promo game running. It's called I'm giving out a hundred dollars on that contest, and motherfuckers are throwing my brand around their YouTube. That's about mm. as far as I go with promo. Um, everything else is marketing. I focus entirely on building a brand that's focused around XYZ core values and creating an entire person, you know, all that shit. But I don't see people really creating lore and th because lore creates interest. So now we just started rapping about this fake bike that we stole from cool man, Logan, and you're supposed <laughs> okay. to go, what the fuck? But once you have that feeling, you're going to maybe click mm. and right. it's weird, <laughs> but yo, I mean, it's we also never rap about Conor each McGregor. other. Take the Conor McGregor method or even like what's going on now with Logan Paul or Jake Paul. If you could take that and apply those methods toward music. Bro, you know? it's just, you don't have to be a shithead about it. I, you don't have to be a shithead. So they, check just, it. they decided to be a shithead about it that, and that, it worked. So you don't I went a different route though because I'm not yeah. that. I'm into kindness battles more than mean battles. I like mean battles mm -hmm. from a spectator, but I'm a kindness battle motherfucker. Let me make you sound yeah. good. So check it. I went ahead and, okay, I did the cipher that I'm running every Tuesday and I asked beat makers for beats and meticulous decides to send in these beats with this. And nobody else did this. It was just him. No free okay. beats. Purchase your tracks today all over that shit. Purchase your tracks today. <laughs> so then there's seven free beats at meticulous.ca. Okay. So I made a project called Yo Meticulous. I found free beats and I just made the worst. Like, it's just no choruses. I've been seeing this though. That was the first one. That was like the beginning of a movement that started happening in my life. So I did that to troll meticulous. And then I put it out and I just say seven free beats meticulous. Cause it's funny because nobody, everyone right. steals beats, but nobody steals Montreal beats. So now I updated <laughs> my Spotify to steal Montreal beats as my banner. So it's become one of my mantras. And so I made a song on my okay. next mixtape called steal Montreal beats, where I make fun of people who pay for Amino Domini. And then like, <clears throat> I'm like, yo, if you're going to do it, go. So all of a sudden I'm getting free beats like fucking crazy. I got oh. like, yo, it's, it's been like an insane like rush of, but all I do in a sense is try to like rap about and also rap about people like, how, yo, look at underground scenes. I know this is just turning to me preaching. We'll go back to you, but you asked, so whatever. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> look at like every underground scene. Like they have all these mixtapes based around culture and then they have their studio shit. Like look at the Bay Area. Look at these things. So like they rap about each other in positive ways. Like mm. I know that Gucci was Waka Flocka's motherfucking, right? Because he said that on Hard in the Paint. And he told me that they were home. You don't hear that shit here. Nobody raps about each other. So I started rapping about Cool Man Logan. It's maybe not the coolest per se. I'm actually trying to just lampoon everybody in fun ways. It's like, yo, Lemef came on my stream. So I rapped a song about how I want to do a song with Lemef. Because he didn't do a song with me yet. 
So, you know, like, <laughs> so now the song's going to be called Lamef, blah, blah, blah. But when you're going to go on Spotify later and type in Lamef, my track's going to show up. 100%. <laughs> so, all I have to say is I think that's marketing gimmicks that are fun. And we could try that as a city. Hell, um, it's like, if we're going outside of the music industry, if you go just like Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, you know, the pranks that they used to do to each other kind of build their own brand around who they are as actors and you could apply the same shit to just two musicians if i wanted to just do like a you know tyrell rolls up on basics and you did an entire video on that yes like, oh my you know, god yes easy easy TikTok, and it would though. it would just it would grow exponentially because like these little things like People are not understanding, like, if I did uh, a video where I was doing a hot wings challenge or some shit like that, right? And I decided to rap over the hot wings challenge, people would watch it because they want to see how I'm dealing with the spice. But at the same time, I could use that to market my music. And people are not taking it as a marketing level where they're kind of like, how do I create a viral video? Because vi vi the idea of viral videos is so clutch right now when it comes to either TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. How do you get shared? I need to get shared. I need one person to share the video 10 times to 10 different people. I can't have it where I release a video, everybody shares it that one day or the first couple of three days and then it dies. Viral videos continue to prosper mm. because they continuously get shared and they get picked up by other venues. Virality is interesting. I'm not like as sold as virality as a strategy personally, but I understand where you're coming it's from. It's hard to, to capitalize on. To, to, to that's that's well, no, but it's hard to actually capitalize on. So you get your viral moment. Right. The views yeah. AdSense are not going to pay you. Trust, it's not as good as anyone thinks. So when everyone's trying to get monetized on YouTube, I'm like, bro, 8,000 views paid me 25 bucks. Just do some math. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not amazing money. <clears throat> But take somebody like Dogface. Dogface, you remember him who did the video where he was, bro, he was rolling down on a skateboard, just drinking some calif to some some um, cranberry juice, listening to a song, and it went super viral, bro. So do you you don't remember this? Actually, no, not this one. I, I kind of maybe, but when you're saying this, it may because I liked what you said about basics. So I'm more interested in how the WWE does shit. Mm. So. If you think of that extreme championship belt, the one that was 24 seven, right? Yeah. That shit was like glue. You never knew when was going to happen. And imagine mm -hmm. that in a Twitter era. Now you could just be sitting there and motherfucker gets tackled. I think this did happen. Gets tackled in like the day banner. Fucking belt changes over <laughs> in real time. So when, you, when I'm thinking about this, I'm going, let's take TikTok. How do we mm -hmm. maybe not worry as much about going viral, viral, but how do we get a bunch of random people who are not connected to the music industry in Montreal to want to pay attention to us like we're a bunch of wrestlers on a roster. And I feel like if that's kind of why I'm doing some of this shit is to well create that lore. Like literally the homeboy Ismail is now just saying Logan, Logan underneath Cool Man Logan shit because that's one of my objectives is to make random people yell out Cool Man Logan. Logan, Logan, at like Cool Man Logan. <laughs> if like a random stranger does that to him one day, I achieve my objective. Okay, and that's fair. That's that's perfect. And that's it's a good way to market. And I really think, yeah, WWE had it right, in in my opinion. And I think that they knew how to make a story. Yeah, and the story got sold. And I think we, as like people in this city, need to treat the relationships we have with each other almost more like that. Like. Right. 
because everyone likes to rap about the silos and talk about how there's crabs in a bucket and everybody's blah 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 blah. blah, blah. It's the same fucking boring ass small fucking conversation. Um, but like when you come to a solutioning angle, it's also like everybody wants to be a hero, and I'm like, mm, so we can't all be the hero. Who gets right. the title? Fine. In my squad, Cool Man Logan can have the heavyweight championship. I'll take Intercontinental. <laughs> you know, like some, you got to be willing to let somebody else be the big man kind of thing. And then like create this thing. Who can be the tag teams? Who can be this? And then we create our division. Yo, what if we build up? And then next thing you know, it's like Crossroad DMS some shit. And you got DMS just wrecks us because we're not fucking battle anything. But like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then like... We create like other situations. I mean, I don't know, but like verses in like a battle way, maybe a song thing could happen. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is like, we create that. And then like, what, isn't there like a whole Southwest thing? So fine, we're the alt Southwest. That's how I'm like, let's go with that. We're the other guys mm-hmm. in the Southwest. That's okay. like, so it's like also to like understand the perspective. Like, bro, I performed at motherfucking shows where like, I'm the only guy like with my day job occupation style. That's the best way I could put it. And I know I'm rapping. And I don't know. None of these motherfuckers want me there. And I'm like, this is not the right venue for me with the other 14 guys on this bill. So it's not a matter of good or bad. It's just that, yo, I can't bring my fans here and convert them. Like, there's no, it doesn't make sense. Whereas the synergy of like having like-minded artists in terms of core vision and fan base working together within respective camps, regardless of personal relationships with each other is the move. So there's a lack of business intelligence where we can even talk about fucking genres or the, just the number of rappers. Okay. Just the number of rappers is up for fucking (laughs) debate. Anyway, that's, that's how you solve these issues. I performed the shows with you. um, Did you? A long time ago. I'm, I'm thinking maybe like, probably 10 years ago where you would come to the shows dressed in a full suit yes that would have been it would be a totally different vibe i'd be like what's he gonna do today but then you come there and you do that old school underground hip-hop and i'd be like okay holden's doing it though i remember those shows yeah and it was like i remember those shows where we were doing like with different artists doing different sounds but for some reason it all coalesced to a certain extent yeah and it it felt good those ones right those weren't the ones i was thinking of that vibe That um, I don't remember who was doing. I know Dobsky was involved in that, and a few other people. Dobsky, yep, hundred percent. Those dudes were like doing some shit right, in my opinion. That was a good vibe. To be fair, a lot of things changed in the city after that, and it's a bigger conversation. Uh, mostly venue wise, like a lot of venues changed by like 2015, 2016. Uh. The biggest reason I couldn't get people to go to shit, like I take a hip hop karaoke. So something that's like a variable where I used to be able to exactly get people to go. Exactly where I first knew you from. Straight up. I knew up. you from Jasmine back when she was doing hip hop karaoke. Jasmine uh, Togard, she was doing hip hop karaoke. Shit. And you were one of the performers. Yeah. Damn, man. Nobody remembers shit. That's so flattering and cool. <laughs> um, But like. But yeah, venues. Go ahead. Yeah. So take Belmont. $20 Roman Coke. Pitcher. Bro, that sentence sold tickets. Nothing I did sold the ticket. That sentence sold the ticket. How do you recreate that? Right. I don't know how to recreate that. I also don't know how to deal with weed. These are other issues. (laughs) Yo, because then you have the other side. Motherfuckers go outside and smoke joints for 15 minutes. Bro, I'm tired of going to a show where I got 10 artists performing, right? And people will come to see that one artist that they came to see. And then after that, they go outside. There's another artist performing two seconds later. 
literally two seconds later. They're not there for the show. And that's another part of the issue. What I, what I find with the scene is like, even if you're trying to grow on one of those venues where you have 10 artists, you'll perform and then everybody will leave. And then you have half the, half the venue packed at that point because people went outside to go chill with the person they came to see. But it's because it's to me, not necessarily culturally driven so much as fiscally driven. Mm. From, okay. a, from a promoting angle. I'm not trying to talk sh All you promoters out there, this is a no beef situation because whatever. But like, I don't feel like it was back to that. Like it's a, like Montreal as a cultural stamp saying Montreal doesn't create like the subcultures that we should be rallying behind. Like there's the street shit. There's the R&B shit. There's the fucking mm. party shit. There's the geeky shit. There's yeah. the this shit. So like all of these different little sub lanes need to be identified and shows built around the squads that are, make sense. Plus, if you look back to like the golden era of like back when uh, Blast and them were doing it, there was also a degree of like regularity to the performers. So like you would see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like 2008, 2010-ish, like that era, right? It would be the same people at the same shows over and over again. So you could get attached to names. And that's another yeah. thing I find that is lacking. Like I can't follow a person. It's just so random. Right. Yeah, exactly. We take whatever opportunity is there. And then what happens is you're just a name in a card where it used to be kind of like, this is the group that you're going to go see. And, and they have these artists that you like to enjoy as well and so all of them would go to this venue this venue you follow them to those venues whereas now it's kind of like oh who do, who wants to perform my venue it doesn't matter who you are can you sell the tickets if you sell the tickets then you can come perform and then that's what happens is people just go there for for whatever it is you know yeah um i don't know i think post covid we'll see how it all goes i know that um i'm gonna enter the foray and do my own thing and it's very much just gonna be whatever the fuck i want to do i'm not really worried about uh, if it works or not, as long as it builds mm. the bigger vision, that's right. all that matters right. to me about that. And uh, I don't want to charge artists. That's the only thing that matters to me that I don't charge my artists, whoever am mm. I, if anything, I want to pay my artists, even if it's $25 on some symbolic shit, <laughs> cause bro, I'm not rich. <laughs> um, all right, let's go back to your story though a little bit because as much as I love the Montreal conversation, and I do, it's like a big puzzle to me. I do think things are shifting positive. I do want to give love to the 20-year-olds in the West Island that are Instagram group chatting their way to success and the youth, I think. Really? Yo, dude, the youth, if anyone ever to ever go on Instagram, nobody's on Insta, they would see things like um, All-Star Montreal, which is hosting these tournaments, putting musical acts together. They would see that the youth have transcended uh, genre lines and don't give a fuck about traditional shit. So it's kind of like, I uh, make music. Like, There's so many things like that where I'm like, yo, I need, I, I want my 20-year-olds with me. <laughs> you know, like I'm trying to find yeah. them. Because, yo, I'm done. And that's another thing. Whoever the star of Montreal is going to be is 20. Not 30-something. Mm. Not I'm sorry. Bro, don't say I aged out. Don't say I aged out. Not to be just, you can be underground legend. You can be like uh, mad paid, but the, <laughs> the, the, the Drake is going to be 20. Yeah. The reason why Drake is Drake is because it's 10 years of success that got continuously built up. Yeah. And I, I can't wait till I'm 40 to get, <laughs> to get to Drake level, you know? No, but even to that end, like a lot of us have the a potential to, to pave a lot of ways. And yo, bro, I think a lot of us can make six figures like clean. I think easy. That, Easy. I think nobody's making millions in the future of music. Not like okay. it used to be. 
it doesn't make sense. Like mathematically, it's gonna have to go down a model where a lot more people make money, but people make less money inherently at the super celebrity level. Right. There's just too many people. It's just become so easy to make music and put out music out that, that it's just like, if you're going to make money off of it, there's a thousand other people that are doing the same thing. So if you can still figure out how to market that and make money off of it, great. Mm. And you can make six figures easy, but I don't think we're going to get to the point. There is always that 1% that's making those million dollars. Yeah. Um, and I think we're diluted also in our idea, um, of making a million dollars. Every artist wants to be the biggest artist in the world. You can still do music and be classified where you're making a hundred K a year off of your music and classified still dope. Bro, if I, I made a hundred K off of my music guy, I would consider myself a fucking royalty. Dude, that's the dream. <laughs> I, you're a million, Easy. a million has eyes on you. Like, I don't know that I a hundred percent want a hundred K does not have eyes on you. You're right. just living right. nice. You get a home and shit, but you're also a rapper on tour, which is blessed. <laughs> that's your job. Do you understand? You you still go to work. Not even you don't have to be at work every day, but you go there and you do what you love, and you still make a hundred k. Where you got your house, you got your kids. And that's and that's profit. The rap pays for itself. Oh my fuck! It just the rap paying for itself. <laughs> <sighs> shit. But I think that's shit. coming. Uh, there's a huge shift that a lot of people missed and it's to shift the subscription away from retail. So people got to stop trying to sell music and sell subscriptions. Bro. Um, little thing like Gary V uh, this little, or not even Gary, Eric Thomas, Eric Thomas had this idea of, and I doubt it's his idea, but it was this idea of like, find your, find your, your craft, perfect your craft and then give away your craft. If you give it away, then people are going to digest it far easier than if I'm at my level right now, which a lot of Montreal artists do, where I'm at my level right now and I'm trying to sell my albums or something like that. Bro, if I could just gave out my albums, invest a little bit, gave it out, people listen to it, they really love the shit. And then after that, I can build off of that love. But if I start selling too early because I want to make the money first. Preach it. Just keep preaching this good shit. Stop, stop trying to make the money first. It'll come if you build the fan base. The fan base is what and, you really want. And then I want exposure. Don't try to sell your fan shit is the future. Just have the Patreon open. Just have the Twitch option open. And you know what? Keep paying. People T-Pain. will subscribe. I mean, 100%. I'm not saying I'm making bank, but on a psychological front, there are people who have paid me monthly for years. For years. <laughs> like what? That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> like what? <laughs> that's like yo, you can't take that from me. That's the kind of right. shit it feels like. That's not views. That's not all the metrics people care about. That's a mm. metric I want more of. I care way more about like, cause yo, I'm into community building, like in a day job mm. kind of way, and like. Mm. Yo, there's so much more value in having a hundred dedicated people than having ten thousand people who just don't give a shit. <laughs> Bro, a hundred people that'll pay twenty dollars oh. is way more than having, say, the maximum five thousand people that wouldn't pay a dollar to your, uh, to your thing. You know, which is crazy. Facebook, like, you can have five thousand followers, five thousand friends, and a lot of them yeah, are just there. You have to put Facebook friends and Insta friends a lot. <laughs> I have this old song like "Social Butterfly" yeah. on on uh, on SoundCloud. It's it was wonderful. this idea of like how we so crave that attention in order to make us whole or whatever. But like, 
it's not genuine. None of this shit is genuine. I honestly can release something where I think people are going to love it. And I'm going to have like, I got, I got a, over a thousand followers. I'm going to get a thousand views minimum. Right. But it's not like that. No. <laughs> the, the algorithm does not work like that. And also people are not following like that. You'll have people that are following you just because they like your statuses. You'll have people. And I just feel like a lot of it is just ingenuine. But again, I'm not going to shit talk Facebook. Well, I love on. all my Facebook fans, it. whoever they are. Yeah, I got to <laughs> give all love to the people that follow me because of my statuses. At first, I was mm -hmm. a mind fuck. There are I mean, statuses to a certain extent are, are getting into deeper of who I am than some of my yeah. music, you know? But like, So I do appreciate followers based on statuses more than I do. Well, I mean, I appreciate Not more than I do about music. <laughs> I appreciate all the people who fuck with me in the different ways they do, because there are definitely right. different ways people fuck with me. But the the ones that are one of my biggest, I guess, population groups of invested users is my Facebook rants. And mm. they don't care about a lot of my other things. They just want the Facebook. And I'm like, that's weird to me. But then I thought about it for a long, long time. And I said, oh, they like me. I was like, that's dope. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it just took forever they to get just there. just like you as a person, which is, which is, I think, the real genuineness of it. But it took I think if you can grow a following there. based on who you are, you're following based on who you are, way better. That's a solid following. That's a following that follows you whether you're doing music. Like, I, to be honest, I want to do music, but I would really like to transition more into acting. No shit. Um, doing both. I'd probably do like a Will Smith. I'd, I'd go Will Smith the route, you know, probably do music, make money off of music. And then after that, take that to a different platform. And those people that support you as a human are the ones that are going to follow you through that transition or journey, which is what I really appreciate, you know? Yeah, that's facts. I mean, you do make good music though, but I can see you pulling off acting. You have the whole like look and everything. You got the little charm going on. I watched you in the video falling off that chair and everything. <laughs> the whole idea of the Happy For You video was to try to sell it as a movie, right? So we were trying mm. to do, the only thing is that the problem with it is we had so many ideas and we only had three minutes and 30 seconds to complete it because the song is only three minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> I like that Ideally, you did not... have extended the song, extended the video, and then made like a full length thing. Kind of like Kanye West did with Runaway, which was which was great, you know? It was great, but I kind of liked that you didn't extend it, and it was just like mm -hmm. nice. It just was the song, and it like fit. Let me, let me ask you something though. When you watched it, did you hear the song? When I first watched the video, I couldn't hear the song at all because there was so much to digest in what we had initially put out. So I had heard the song prior. Mm. So I guess that is worth mentioning. I heard it when you dropped the audio version. So I had yeah. heard it, heard it. And then, so yes, I heard it, but I was like used to it. And then I was, again, my focus is always going to be on the music more than the video. Yeah. So it was more like the video kept my attention more than I thought. But yeah, I absolutely heard the song and I thought that it accompanied really well. But like even on TV, I follow a score more than I give a shit about like the visuals. I love a movie that has the perfect soundtrack. There mm. is something about having a song that attaches to an emotion that's being acted out that just really fucking does it well, which is what I hate about videos where you have a song that is not fitted towards like it'll just be a car. A car, dude, rapping in front of a car. Nothing about what you're talking about fits what it is. So Joyner Lucas, Joyner Lucas, one of the things that I like about his stuff is his stories match the videos 
of course he's transitioning to more radio but if you've gone through his stuff like i'm sorry which is one of my favorite joiner lucas songs the the visual is what really sold the the audio for me and that's what i really want to do with my music to make it where the visuals are kind of like the full complement of the song yo that's serious like my whole approach is like oh i have to do music videos like it's not oh, okay it's not and i want to do music videos <laughs> um i'm busy trying to do all these fucking off the door mixtapes and great free i'm not gonna fucking film a single visual for one of them i'm just gonna mm. put them all out and then like fucking full disclosure this song was written six years ago i wrote this song when i was 25 26 maybe and we realized as a team that we were not going to be able to push forward with the entire thing unless we dropped a video that's a smart choice so then we were like oh we'll just sit on it we'll sit on it hopefully and what i i'm hoping that the sound still carried through because I was heavily listening to Chance the Rapper back then. And so the sound was very curtailed around what he was back then. But now it's kind of, I feel like it's we've transitioned to a different sound. I'm very much looking forward to going forward with music and seeing what I sound like now. But it was really the video tied to that entire thing. Yo, that's super unexpected. I thought it was just like fresh sounding. Yo, what people don't understand is how good that year was, that era. Cause yo, that era was so perfect. I had this EDM project that Peter West gave me 2014 beats on. And everyone tells okay. me this beat slapped today like they were fucking the fire. I'm like, bro, it's 2014. Vince Price gave me a fucking 2014 beat. Shit slapped so hard today. Next man's 2014, 15. I'm like, what the fuck? Why does this era sound so good? And these are all Montreal they really dudes. Had it. They had it. They understood it back then. <clears throat> there was a vibe. They were, there was a clear sense towards the vibe of music. I feel in the 2000s. 2010s it was really just proper mm. so for me to get like where it is back then versus where it is now i'm not gonna hit on whatever is going on right now i feel like the music nah. is still proper yeah, the just, young people are driving took... music forward i think you'd be surprised at how much cause they're really melody centric into the soul of shit melody centric yeah. right they also i watched this kid on an interview he's like fucking i don't know 20 some shit and he was making fun of lyrical rappers. And he was like, bro, how does it take you 50 fucking words to say what I can say in a sentence? And I'm like, Oof, mic drop. Ouch. And I'm like, Ouch, though. And I'm like, he's got a point. What does lyrical mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Wait a minute, though. I mean, Rock listen. music can say a whole lot in eight words. And that's banging. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it catches the vibe. It catches the vibe and exactly... Like I took a I took a creative writing course at some point and we had this entire thing where we had to write prose, right? So they were like, take what you're writing right now and cut it down to half. <laughs> you're saying so many things that are extra. Just write the entire story, but cut it in half. And I feel like if you could really figure out how to do that, you can say a line that would hit just as poignant as a sentence would or or a, a paragraph. Why do write a paragraph when you can write a sentence? yeah i don't know it's hard brevity is a weird concept but i'm brevity i'm really fascinated by it so when i write right i play with it more when i off the dumb i don't give a shit but when i write right i really like think a lot about that now and i'm like yo maybe i should just rap less rap less like in the song but not like like i've done i did a three and a half minute verse took me four hours till i could one take it 
nobody cared. That was that was a huge epiphany. I started thinking about the reward, the return on effort, like the return on investment based on effort put in, and I realized. I mean, I don't know if that makes the most sense for me at this time of my life <laughs> to do that. If nobody wants to hear okay. me do that, you know, like, but then I could go lose weight, motherfucker. Lose, and people are like, yeah, that's so good. And I'm like, I want to lose weight. And then that's the entire thing. <laughs> you know, you just catch that one sentence that people really connect to. Yeah. You can have an entire song based on one sentence. Yeah. And then do what you want. I, I always, but to me, I like, I like to write songs like essays. <clears throat> my chorus like is a thesis statement. And then everything else is to expand on the argument. Okay. You have always been in like some type of essay writing thing, you know? Yeah. That's that's how I do it. And then you just need to come up with a, a an idea that you can have three paragraphs about. Okay. So your intro body conclusion type. <laughs> Honestly, if you really go look at a lot of my music in the past, it's super like that. Maybe not obviously, okay. but kind of, yeah. Or at least three topics that I can expand on or ways to approach it. Because almost everything had three verses for a long time, right? We used to do three mm. verses. I'm finding a difficulty with writing more than one verse. I feel like I could really get what I want to say out in one verse and a hook. Mm. So when I get to the second verse, I'm like, well, the story's been told. I already wrote it in the first one. How do I elongate the story? Because I feel like one verse and one. But maybe that might be the new the new venue where it is right now because attention spans are getting shorter. People really want their information quick. If I could write a song where I just did a hook and a verse. Yeah. And then released yeah. like an entire album where I did like a minute and a half. Yeah. Some, some of these mixtape shades is really, sh really short. Mm. Mm. I like them, but it's also I like what Kanye was doing when he was doing seven songs, seven song albums. Those are good, but I don't think you should worry about attention spans. I think that's not the focus. People who are interested in you are interested in you and thus will consume your content over great periods of time. Mm -hmm. You may not like the fact that we're not as interesting as we want to be, which is, I think, what's mm -hmm. more happening than the attention span true thing. Because, yo, yeah. Marvel Universe, that's my new answer. Explain the Marvel Cinematic Universe if nobody has an attention span. Please. Those movies are Impossible. Far, far too long. Impossible. People will watch from beginning to Explain end. Explain a Maxim Turk fucking Facebook thread if nobody has attention spans. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen is that one. A shot? No, is it's, that a shot? it's all love. What he does with social media is praise. It is praise. He's a genius. To be honest, when he does it, he does because I really think. It's also a really good fucking case point because people will be glued to it for four hours as it plays out. I mean, you're talking a large number of people focused on his Facebook status as it drops out like that doesn't make sense if no one has attention spans you know what i mean facts yeah it's really just figuring out what is the attention what is people love drama so the the minute that chrome posts a status that might be a little bit on edge we're dying to see what the response is going to be yeah but he, he can do it with really innocuous shit he'll be like bro i fucking <laughs> saw the sports fight i think he's just interesting whether or not people like him is not the point he just captures interest really fucking Agreed. well so because yo bro i've seen a hundred statuses on some dumb shit and i'm like that's y'all really care about this and i'm watching it and i'm like i guess people really do care about it and i'm a bit of a weirdo fair my thing is he's really good at figuring out how to poke your buttons because i decided one time one time to reply to what he posted and he knows how to reply to the extent that you're like wait a minute didn't i say some shit that made sense 
but he'll argue it in a way that he's arguing against it. And you're like, no, no, I, I can't let it end mm. here. I can't let him make that point. I know my point makes it's more sense. Battle rapper logic. <laughs> this is some shit. I think it was Jay Smooth I was talking to pointed it out. It's the way battle rappers rationalize bars. He's exceptionally good at this, which means he must think in a particular way. It's very yeah. similar to writing stand-up comedy. And comics also do the same thing. Go watch a stand-up, a local stand-up comics Facebook post will often go in the same direction very often. And I think it has something to do with the argument focusing so much on the semantics. And he's extremely good at that. And I love it. I'm, right. I'm really a fan of semantic debate. I know how to, I know how to remain neutral with him in terms of my responses. I know exactly how to word my shit. And then the only time it ever exploded, I have to give him the points. They were attacking him unfairly. And it was like, no, you guys are actually attacking him as a human. And right. I didn't agree with him, but I don't have to agree with him. He's, he's clearly on the other side of the political fence of me. So I acknowledge right. that. And we, what am I going to do? I'm not going to make him more left. And he's not going to make me more right. Point for now. I can just fuck with that and there. It doesn't need My to thing be is more. that I don't think he's that right or left. He's righter than me. In the in the spectrum definitely writer than you or a writer than me even when i was arguing against him i was like okay obviously we're on different spectrums but i honestly think that he knows exactly and he did say this in one of his statuses he said i honestly do this in order to gain more perspective on what it is he does this so that he can get the other perspective but he, he'll never back down on this point when i was his age god mm -hmm. y'all would have hated me <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm, he's, I would, I don't know what he'll be like at my age. I know I'm older than him. So mm. what the fuck am I doing judging a guy that is easily seven years younger than me with the same level of response that I would put on myself? That's stupid. It's just ridiculous. Dare ask how old Holden is? Thirty-three. Born okay. in eighty-seven, but he's younger. I know he's younger because like he was in that younger crowd. I don't think he's that much younger. I think though. he's like late twenties. Late 20? Late 20. Yo, when I was 27, the level of shitheadery that I said on the internet, the way that I fucking... St I would have caught so many Facebook jail bans. <laughs> Didn't exist back then. And then I learned. Right. I had some people really say some shit that was like, you're right, but you could have said it different type things. And then I realized there's a lot more money in politics if you word everything different. And I decided I wanted to be rich more than I wanted to be right. Oh, okay. But like, that was my early thirties. <laughs> okay, like, so I have to like take into account like, I might have all of my maturity and understanding now, but bro, I've seen people like way older than him like come at him like, I mean, come on, fuck on. I guarantee you, at his age, he was not being this. You know, like, get him, let him grow yeah. up on his own. Yeah. You know, like, I guarantee you, that guy's a force. But it doesn't matter. He's gonna be there. He's still there. Right. He was there when I started. I remember I hit stages with him once upon a time, and he wasn't bad. He was good back then. He was dope. He was a great rapper. I've, I've done songs with, with Bro, I can, before. I saw Super it. There's dope. the one that you have on it. Like, I just remember him being good. I just, that's, I don't remember a fucking thing about the songs. <laughs> I just know he was good. He was one of the names I remembered and was like, no, that guy's got something. So, like, that's why I just want to emphasize because it brought him up. It wasn't to, like, get his name on cloud even. It was just he's so good at capturing attention. He's proof that people have attention spans. Yeah. And also, shout out to the Glock Party podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, 
something to watch something yo to watch. support english fucking media that's just the facts of this shit y'all want to see a scene support anything that's english media here i don't give a fuck mm. if you like it i don't give a fuck if it's your shit you'll see me share a lot of english media why i'm english media call it selfish but like we build the culture by supporting the english shit because we're english people in montreal Wait a english what <laughs> nobody's gonna do it for us right 100 percent. that was a big one yo it's to the point where nobody all the ndg politicians are down there to come do interviews mm. yeah you doing one with uh what's his name what's his name matthew kerr nope i i'm doing one with well every nothing else is f locked in but balarama holmes has agreed to do it there you go balarama holmes sue montgomery Boom. has agreed to do it agreed okay. i think they're gonna wait to see one then we're gonna see what happens listen i've, I've heard Bala, balarama Holmes speak very poised super good dude i talked to I one really of them as far as he gets i talked to they one were of they them. were toting him as the new barack obama he's toting himself as the new barack obama okay well somebody was, well, somebody was toting him. i think i saw it on his twitter <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know anything about him but that's the thing is we're english in montreal I could not tell you a fucking thing about an NDG politician, my guy. Okay. I know okay, I know Sue Montgomery has scandals. And I know the guy before did well at the snow emergency. <laughs> bro, I'm Code Saint, I'm Code St. Luke now, which is why I was like, bro, I need to go to NDG's like two seconds away. That's why I thought the, the thing was happening oh, in your place. Oh, yeah, no, I just honestly, nobody wanted to come here. I got my first shot, bro. My, my arm hurts still. No, I meant like prior to COVID. I feel you. I was begging for like months and then I just started okay. doing them on Zoom and everybody showed up. And everybody was, was like, I don't have to leave my crib. And then they got longer <laughs> and then they got more relaxed. <laughs> and I'm like, because yeah. yo, even if you were here, everyone's watching the time more. Just, I don't know why. Because we did do some here and then we did them all over Zoom. And I don't know. Like, it's okay. It's not 100% the same, but it's very close. Also, if you're that close, we should link up stills at some point. <laughs> Bro, you're like like probably like three blocks away. <laughs> like, I'm on the cusp of going St. Luke. You know? You're straight up. I'm on Fielding Rosedale. Bro, you're four blocks away. Straight the <laughs> fuck up. We should make the this area posse because there's an X-Man's in it too. And he's doing a documentary. So like, yeah, shut up, JS, no regard. No, for real. Like, I'm really fat because, yo, there's all these people here. And we're all like neighborlies. And back mm -hmm. to this Montreal shit. Shouldn't we all be linking up and doing local shit, whatever that means? We're not connected enough. We are not. Montreal's not. And there's that whole, like, we haven't yet hit that stride, right? So there's kind of like this idea of everybody's in competition. They want to be the first one to make it. And so what happens is they won't bring somebody up with them. They will not put somebody else on the map. I'll take, like, Mac Miller, Tree J TV. Am I talking the right thing? Say Mac, Mac Miller had a partnership with Tree J TV. Okay. Um, all his videos were released through Tree J, Tree J TV. So that's that's hard to say that ten times fast. Tree bro. J TV. Tree J TV. Tree J. Okay. I'm okay. You killing it. Okay. You smart. You. <laughs> Anyways, like it was that partnership that made it so that all the videos really catapulted both the company as well as Mac Miller. And I feel like Montreal doesn't have that bond where we're like. This is an artist that I want to invest in. Um, everybody wants to make the money, and the money is not going to come until somebody makes it, and that's just what it is. I like that. 
I like how focused you are on the money. I'm focused on money too, but like for a different reason. I have a pretty decent job, day job. Decent, not oh. great. I feel like I could do better, but I also don't think I could live my life and do better. So you have to take some compromises. But I realized like, yo, I have gear. I have opportunities. Now my COVID hit the family income, we'll call it. Like, so it's not like nice, but still I didn't have to stop. I was able to keep, I'm, I'm giving out a hundred. I don't kind of afford it great, but I'm doing it tomorrow. Like this shit, right? Now, not a lot of people I think have reached a position in the stability and the foundation of their life where without art, they can do things. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you straight. I make a decent amount of money. I'm, I'm, I'll say straight up, I make like 43K. I can't tell you what company because I signed a nine non-disclosure agreement. Straight up. <laughs> but 43K should put me off really well. My thing isn't really about making money. I feel like once you gain exposure, you make money. I don't find Montreal has a way to scale. Well, as Scaling is, as a, requires a lot of people who make enough money comfortably. So that's where I'm going with it. Now, what I mean is I know a lot of people who are looking to I feel like people want to make money on their music too fast, kind of back to what you're saying. But because don't care about the exactly. but because they don't have the stability and the, the regularness of a job that is secure or a security, like, listen, I can just do this for six years because I'm going to be employed for six years. So I'm not I'm never going to starve over my art. And I know that's like a weird thing. But like I've never been a starving artist, so I don't understand that reality, and I don't want to ever understand it. I've always been a, I have a job artist, and like I rap about this a bunch in different tones. But like, I think that like a lot of people take very low-paying jobs based on X Y Z reason, and don't actually go out there and get a bag and get their money up, as all the rappers say to do. And it's just so crazy because it costs so much to come up. But then it's like, I saw you work with Makeway. That means mm. that there's a degree of premium that goes into that and it's worth paying the premium. I mean, I like to not pay the premium and work around it on some DIY shit, but it's also like, I'm not a glossy artist. It was a creative style choice more than anything else. But there's a whole lot of people that like I found out are not down to fiscally support their beat makers, fiscally support their videographers, fiscally support the humans on their team that they require. So they're willing to put money into ads. A lot of right. money goes into ads, but think about who gets that money, not Montreal. Okay, maybe DMS is Montreal, so whatever, fine. If you're gonna pay ads into Montreal, I'm not hating on you in this context. But like in a lot of ways, Spotify playlist promoters, fucking random things, shit like that. Like, I don't know, it just seems like, yo, why don't you like find a beat maker? That it's just gonna make you beats, and pay Wait, that guy. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this straight because I feel like as far as an artist, we're different. Um, an artist has to pay a videographer. We have to pay a beat producer. We have to pay for everything out of pocket until we get to a point where we're making money. All of those people make money the minute we pay them. Yeah. I have no guarantee that my investment into my own art is going to return on investment. They have all of that. So once they buy the equipment, they make money off of the equipment easy. As an artist, how do I make money off of my stuff? And so I feel like it's a different thing for an artist when we have to invest into all of these different pockets that we have to do, and then we're never getting it back. 
So yes, I feel like we should support B producers. We should support videographers. But like when I'm getting charged like 2K for a video, Bro, I'd never I'm getting pay 2K charged for a video. 300 for an exclusive beat. Man. And I'm, you know? So I think that the other, I think that that's an interesting point. One of the things I like, because if I talk to the beat maker, the conversation's different. I'm like, rappers be broke. 100%. I'm like, Whoa. beat makers hate when you say, bro, I will take, expo I'll give you exposure, but I don't have exposure. To be honest, most artists that say, I want it, I'll give you exposure, even though I don't have it. They're asking for a song that's going to make zero, Honestly, like 300 views. I just, what does a beat producer make on 300 views from Montreal? I just offer them less money than I could have, than they should probably have, but I like to offer money. Like yeah. if the guy charges 200, maybe he'll take your 50. Or maybe you can not get an exclusive. Nah, well, you can pay honey, 20 bucks and get like a lease, but I don't like leases personally. That's a, but it's also like relationships. At this juncture of my career, and I say this is the crazy shit in my life right now, somebody sent me five beats in my email that are just mine. Somebody else wants to take me away to a cabin to bang out a whole mixtape. I have beat makers coming out my ass throwing beats at me. Oh. Damn. on some relationship shit because i put okay. in a lot of work and i created a not so artists could also flip the script a bit so the one thing i would say in defense of like everyone else and this is just because of who i am and how i chose to promote my art is in a sense is this this is my promote big part of my promotion strategy um mm. provide value beyond your art and this is something i find a lot of artists choose not to do on some prima donna shit i don't know how else to put it it sounds like that to me like, I don't mean it in a hater shit. I think there are a lot of artists that need to just be artists and I fucking love them, but then go find a boss, a manager, and let them go be the other side of that shit. So if you want to be an artist, 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 which I've seen a few of, you need a manager or you're not even a real artist because you're never going to do that shit. But the other side of it is like, you also need to be kind of, if you're like an adult adult, go look at Royce to five, nine podcast, this guy podcast, that guy podcast, that guy, CEO of a fashion company, that guy, they're, they're not just rappers, not one you of them. Diversify, diversify for sure. They're all more than just being a rapper. So it's like, I feel like a lot of them created an avenue to provide value to their peers. I can offer interviews and shit that creates value. Now, all of a sudden my position in the city is different. Whereas prior, prior to this, I was just a rapper. There's a dime a dozen right so i mean it isn't monetizable to just in a lot of ways put out a track but if you can make yourself a brand and create a whole following based on vlogging based on acting maybe you make shorts all of a sudden you could be you know like there's just value beyond the one i'm gonna say this though a lot of the times it's um ego driven i'll say that like i'm not a very egotistical person mm. But to a certain extent, I know what my potential is. And a lot of people sell themselves based on what they believe their potential is. So they're like, I'm a great artist. I should be charging this, this, and that. But you're not. You have not proven the greatness. Like for me, I think I'm great, right? But I have oh, your probably- voice is actually pretty songs. fucking great. <laughs> but I feel like I have four songs that are actually out there. If people were literally to look up my name, they would say, well, this guy's nobody. He's got nothing. But I'm like, oh, but- you haven't heard the songs I haven't released yet. And of course they haven't. <laughs> but in my brain, I'll be like, bro, I'm fucking dope. Why are you not investing in me? And a lot of people don't understand that the work has to be out there. You have to continuously put out the work. You need to build a catalog. You need to build it to a point where people are going to follow you based on. You need to build the community. 
more than a catalog. Not what you think you built. A lot of people build it in their brain, and then they'll say, "Why are you not fucking with me?" Well, there and there's also... even old vets, old vets that will be like, "Yo." Yo, why are you not paying me for this, this, and that? Well, is your brand really right now making this, this, and that? Yo, I, like I understand you're, you're this talented. I understand you've done this, this, and that in your past. What are you doing right now? And what makes you relevant towards what the stage is in this era? Mm. I like all the things you're saying. Definitely interesting. I like how much you've thought about this. I don't know who you've talked to in the last while. I don't know what the conversation. People don't hit me up. I'm not naming names. I'm not naming names. Nobody hits me up like that because I think everybody knows I'm not going to pay anybody for anything. Like I just yeah. think people are aware of the fact that I'm just not going to. In fact, it, when I when I hit up a fucking like a Merc or Miyagi or one of them, the front of the Merc first yourself. one of the first things I tell them is I'm probably never going to use your services. Okay. Well, then it's cool. We're just people now. I'm the not, Merker charges a, a super, super fair, yeah, fair fee for... But services. Matt, who's my guy, okay. charges less than everybody in the city on some he's my guy shit. Okay, that's fair. That's and fair. Uh, I pay him monthly. We have our deal. I get beats out of him. I get So it's like everybody else, I would be doing you a favor almost. <laughs> you know, it's not like... Yeah. it's I don't need it. And then videos? Right. Bro. We shoot them on my this. This is my camera, my guy. I'm good. We doing it. Homegirl edits. <laughs> have you ever seen Nate Husser's video for St. Catherine? Yes. He filmed the entire video on an iPhone. It's amazing. Super dope video. Do I even need your services if I was really to figure out the craft of what I have here? If you are willing to video edit and learn and be patient with it, you do not need to pay yeah. the motherfuckers. I don't, I don't need to pay you to film. I need to pay you to edit. I know that. Editing I'm, is the key. So yeah. I'm not an editor. I, I am so blessed that Homegirl edits my shit up until she can't. I don't know when that comes, but for it's been a free ride for a minute and we just home people. Again, it's all relationships. Every, You know how I tell you to like go out and meet people and build relationships? That's it. That is all that changed in my life is I stopped being like a fucking cocky loner and I just recognize that well frankly travis bryant is outperforming me in ndg in every conceivable mm. metric so i cannot be the best in ndg as long as he resides in ndg so facts okay it's easy now travis bryant. Travis bryant? who's travis bryant he uh formerly went by fury fury okay okay and either way his shit's popping i like his music he's got like this gorgeous song with the ndg video that makes old people happy it's like honestly he does he does well and I feel like he's he's one of the topest artists in in the in the neighborhood, and he's in my neighborhood. So it's like, well, I can't be walking around calling myself King of Andy. I can call myself maybe a prince. I'll take that, <laughs> but I can't be a king because motherfucker's doing better than me. He's doing it longer right. than me. He's outperforming me in any conceivable way. Right. So I can, I've watched him come through, write shit in seven seconds. That was fire. Okay, like okay. I'm like okay, I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not there yet. So like knowing that it's easy. I'm not the best. Fucking simple. Easiest Anybody shit in the world. In your city. I want to be the best. I want to be paid. <laughs> okay. So you're on, you're on the money tip as well. You're not necessarily on just exposure. I don't really want to just make it. I want to be able to make my music and do that for. I just want to, well, I have a vision in my head that involves paying a lot of people. 
So it's always in my mind, what can I do that will build up equity to get cash? But like, it's not like a materialism driven thing. I maybe need to make another thousand dollars a month to be so comfortable I would never suffer. So that's really where I'm at in life. I don't require a lot. I don't care about cars. I need a nice bicycle and a lot of good weed. And I'm pretty <laughs> fucking comfy, man. Like, I'm, it's like, we good. Like, I don't need more. I got the music pipelines. Yo, bro, I can just now get fucking beats and music pinging out. Like, what else can I need? That's how I look at it. Like, I, I mean, vacations, that would be the real answer. But if I do my job right, that's a tax write-off on some music video shit. Also, sorry for the, the glitchiness. I'm, I'm kind of like broadcasting through the matrix. So some of the things in the back don't look like my house, but it's, it's still really my house. Don't you worry Just about it. The Zoom, the Zoom matrix is real. We all been here. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just wanted to shout out one person that I feel like a lot of people don't shout out enough. Ill Vibe. Oh, shit. Okay. Right? Ill Vibe has taken what we wanted to do as artists. You know, he has made what he does monetize, monetizable. And also created what you were saying, diversifying your income, where he made the lyrics vid with his wife. And they have taken it to levels that some of us artists can never take our music to or have not taken our music to. I don't think any, all of us can take it where we want to take it. Mm. We just need to market it well. But Ill Vibe, shout out to Ill Vibe for really doing what he sh- taken to a different, different, different level, I would say, or a different venue that made him just crazy profitable. Yeah. He's definitely profitable. Um, I know a lot about his past. I don't know a lot about his present. I just know that he's mm. one of the only guys that flexes on Twitter the way he does. And I'm like, fair enough. I met him one time. I just met him once. That was actually the first interview. I uh, was with Meyer Clarity at the Heavy Ox Studio in Toronto. Meyer's dope. Meyer's dope. Meyer's a homeboy. I like. He's one of those guys that like I hit up a lot. We talk, We started like friending, becoming friends. You could call it. Mm. Different I performed at a show that had you and Meyer at the same one. This is like literally 10 years ago. I won't, I'm not going to like crazy shout out. I haven't performed often. But Absolutely, 2012. A long time. 2012, 2013. That was it. It was that era. 100%. This was like way back. It was on only, my, the Mount Royal area. My, Mount Royal area. My first show is June, uh, 20, June 2nd, 2012. So it couldn't have been okay. before that. It has to have been after June 2012. I didn't perform before June 2012, so so 100% it was after that. <laughs> yeah, so like um, that's all. I, I and mean, it was good times, man. That was in like that was a cool energy. I don't. That was all organic, dude. I just got invited to shit. I never had to pay for anything, anything really. It just was just like, yo, you were dope. I liked you. I want you to come to this thing. I'm like, yes, and I just said yes a lot. I ended up doing a Black History Month thing at Concordia. <laughs> right we, yeah <laughs> yeah it happened i don't know 2014 that's all i remember black history about 2014 that shit happened it was a real thing and then um the drink prices changed and the city died <laughs> which made venues just a little harder for people to go to 100 percent. yeah and then court air uh it was all court air honestly court air october Montreal, when it came to the hip hop scene, I remember a lot of places cracking down. Even Piranha Bar, which used to be a great venue for music, <sighs> shut down hip hop. 
I was, so I might have been you know, a little bit a part of that. Yeah, but like here's here I can tell you one time about Piranha Bar. Spades yeah. and I do a show there. I'm not like whatever. I'm the host. I'm on the flyer. I think or it's one of them. And uh, all I remember is very early on in the night, somebody throws a drink in a girl's face. Disrespect, bro. And we're talking before the show has started. That's how early this happened. This escalates okay. into a 40 person brawl in front of Piranha Bar, which I miss because I'm inside the whole night. This is one show where I didn't even go outside one time to smoke because of my role or whatever. The only show. I miss the brawl. Cops come. Boom, 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 boom. So it's like, yeah, maybe they didn't like hip hop as much after moments like that. Maybe hip hop disrespected the fucking scene. And it's possible. I, I mm. have seen I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to make a statement like, purpose hip-hop disrespected to see there was some shit that went on that i don't understand i'm just saying that from a venue perspective some shit went on that nobody understood and uh it happened and it made a bunch of people feel away and a lot of times and that shit unfortunately is bad for their business once upon a time i just don't think that that's now no i think we've changed i think the the culture has changed i think the audience has changed yeah. Even if you take something as simple as like um, Le Cypher that used to go on, it had a different audience. It switched to a more um, posh, posh audience prior to the prior to COVID, obviously. Yeah, Montreal went white collar. Um, That's just the facts. Yeah. It's a white collar city now. Like 100%. Montreal goes to office jobs and does office job shit. Yeah. Yo, straight up, um, quick intermission. That's good. Yeah, always. You can hear it. Yeah. I paused it, Golden Jenny, but thank you, Golden Jenny. Golden Jenny's from Norway, by the way. So that's right. That's my favorite. Much love from Norway. Yeah, that's one of my favorite sentences in an interview is Golden Jenny's from Norway. And then when you watch it back, you'll see Golden Jenny on the screen. And it's big fact. She's totally. from Norway. Well, I would rewatch this on Twitch? Like, it'll be on YouTube in a week. I'll hit you up okay. and be like, here's the edited version. It's technically on everything now, including Facebook, but it's the shitty version on Facebook. But you can watch it like right after this. As in, like, right after this. <laughs> Not to make sense you have to, but, like, they're technically all there. I, I stream it to, like, my main Facebook and the Behind That Suit Facebook because, believe it or not, it kind of does have a teensy effort of getting people to come over and, like, pay attention to it. And it does a whole lot for letting people know I'm busy. And people like it when you're busy. You're working hard. You're working hard. Uh, wow. What do you say on your hat, bro? I've seen this hat so many times. All I see is finest. It's Montreal's <laughs> finest. Okay. So it makes sure. Yeah, it's it's uh the homegirl though Alice's brand. So you got y'all can copy Montreal's finest at Montreal's finest nineteen eighty five on Instagram. Um, when I started doing this, it was like uh at least on the Twitch, and I had that especially when I started having the opportunity to talk to like Iron Solomons and shit. I was mm. like, it's fucking important to me that it says Montreal every time somewhere yep. and i didn't have anything but the black version of this hat which i'd cop to show love right right and i love it because it's a pussy you get it Montreal's finest we are known for that um I it's a cat i did not get what you were talking about there <laughs> and then it's a, it's a cat which montreal loves i'm sorry but like everybody's a fucking cat person i'm not i'm not really a cat person i'm a neutral cat person because you can't be anti-cat in this city. It's not safe. It's not a safe time if you're against cats. I'm not anti-cat. I'm just not 
more pro cat over pro dog. I'm pro dog. So you can. But you can't. You don't have a miniature tackle though. That's the thing. I have a miniature tackle. Mm, That's an anxious dog. So I I like him as a dog, but dude gets anxious when I leave the house. Mm, Cats don't do that. Cats, they're super chill when you leave the house. No, but they're really fucking annoying a lot of times. Just a lot of times. Mm. So, like, yo, <laughs> six in the morning comes around if the door is open because, of course, the girlfriend wants the cats to be able to come in, cuddle. Right. But you at can't six lock the them mo- out. We do because at six in the morning, the cat will get right yeah. up in your fucking face and meow. And I told her flat out, if <laughs> I, I told her, like, I want to be with you. So if I kill your cat, it will end our relationship. We must close the door. You watch The Office? Yes. Okay, did you see the episode where Dwight killed the cat? Yeah. <laughs> and it everything. That's and it. ended everything. It, you can't get past that. You just can't get past that. Um, <laughs> but like, so so basically, yeah, we have to close the door because the cat's a shithead. Or like, yo, this is the thing. Like, the cat saw me this morning. I don't know why. I woke up at 5.30 for like a quick minute. And the cat meowed at me for 30 minutes because it thought it was good to get food. It is a good time to get food. For the it's cat. just not a good time for you. Yeah. To be honest. It's just not. Yeah. But but I'm normal at six thirty I might get up on a weekday. So it's fine and I just feed the cat. But and it doesn't yeah. know the difference. It doesn't know. No. No. So I'm not I'm not really a cat person, but I don't hate cats either. They're just I'm neutral. But yeah. So that's why it is important because Montreal needs to be set. I talk to a lot of people not in Montreal. So mm. it lets me kind of wrap the city. Mm. And then I'll often drink from this. Okay. You're not embarrassed at all. I don't give a shit. Dude, I haven't watched. I watched. I went to the Girard Park, and they didn't watch the game. I watched the game last night. I went to uh, <clears throat> Place des Arts to try to watch it because they said they were hosting mm-hmm. it at Place des Arts. And we, were, we were dying, bro. It was, it was painful. I mean, I'm kind of grateful that it'll be over soon if I'm being completely truthful with you because 100% as cool. like a non-hockey fan – which is basically because you know, I realize what it is. So I'm standing in the park. There's 500 people, which was kind of nice. It looked a little bit, a lot like people were trying to club at the hockey game, which was cool to see. Um, <laughs> but like the cheers when we scored <sighs> made me feel real good. The boo made me feel really bad. I don't like that energy. And I, realized... uh, I was watching the game last night, and they were saying "fuck, uh, fuck Las Las Vegas" or something like that, and that was their like... that was their their chant. And I was like, "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joining on this but at like, all. I don't want to be around that energy." To be honest, that's what all. I realized. That's why I'm not that into sports because of that side of it. Music can just be all love. It, yeah, yeah, it, it you can. can support every artist out there because it's not really competition. Never. It's only competition if you make it. And even then, it's also, manufactured. About... It's manufactured. Yeah, comp- it's manufactured competition. It's not 100%. even real. No. But like the hockey shit's real. These motherfuckers are like, are like really mad. You know, like not good. Also, when you were talking about race before, you were talking about Occupy the Hood. Uh, no. The oh. ones they were doing in the parks, they were doing like these crazy parties in the park. Oh, it was Occupy just the, the, the hot. It was no, nah, it was they've been doing all these hockey games in the park for like Girard Park for like this thing. These guys just set up like a projector and ran with it. Or I'm going, I'm going way back. I'm talking beginning of the interview. 
you were talking about parties in the park where they were doing like house music edm oh i don't know what it was i just know that i saw this during covid last summer on people's stories and they were doing it at jerry park in the forest area and the one time i went to jerry park i saw it happening in real life and it looked like i didn't go in into the forest area but it was like all out rave land so i don't know who it was who shout out to deep afro music great page to follow on facebook but also occupy the hood was one of the big parties that were happening back then i think that's the ones that had um Tronada at one of their one of their mm. events it's possible i didn't know who was doing it i just have heard that Tronada was involved in one of them at least one mm. and i know that it was at jerry park and i know that it was big people's and i know that mm. i saw a lot of people snitch themselves out on stories and i was like disappointed with the snuff snitching. so tired of people looking for clout on instagram bro you're gonna get caught it's yeah. so easy just yo post stories half naked of yourself it is a much better way to get clout I easy when I was watching the last time we won, the last time the Canadians won, they had the, this video of people pushing over a cop oh, car. They couldn't yeah. push it over all the way, but they were filming themselves doing it. And I'm like, are you stupid, bro? Like, you're going to catch yourself. And, and that's the thing. Like, I don't remember being in this level of snitching myself out in order to look cool, which is just not smart to me. Yeah, I saw a lot of it happen. I saw a lot of musician people do it. I don't know, maybe there's like a degree of like, I'm rebellious that I don't fully empathize with as a person that is attractive to other groups of people. And that I'm not trying to right. tap into that. But I saw a lot of that through my rapper friends as they was at these events during COVID. And I'm like, fair enough. Y'all be doing that. And I was in my room. Yeah. Internet. <laughs> I, I was really, in my room. I, yo, you, uh, I wasn't like fully alive back then, but honestly, my girl so i made the dumbass fucking choice of telling my girlfriend well the government says we shouldn't hang out with people one time and she just got it in her head for the rest of covid until like okay for like six months we're not hanging out with anyone i was and it's like i could have but like you don't want to like like it really bothered her so i didn't for a really long time like six seven months mm -hmm. eight months whatever just nobody just me and her for like ever no going anywhere How'd that go really well i imagine um it definitely puts shit to the test you have to like redefine lives and shit and figure it out it's not simple because like you really you really come to be like yo absence really makes your heart grow fonder and in no disrespect kind of way but it almost is like yo let me go like not be home for five hours <laughs> just that that simple five hours creates a different different um you know there was like this frank ocean song where i listened to and he was just like you know this like saturdays involved um us keeping separate and then keeping us self aware of of who we are you know like that whole idea of like if you constantly stay with the same person you guys are naturally going to coalesce into one person but to a certain extent, if you keep a little bit of distance, they recognize who you are, you recognize who they are, and then you are two separate human beings, which is what 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 love, in my opinion, is supposed to be, is that two separate human beings are recognizing who they are, loving who they are as separate people, and then coming together as, as, as one. But if you are constantly together as the same person, one of you is going to have to adapt to whoever the dominant person is in that relationship big facts and even to that end even like it's just the idea of constantly
being around the same person all day, every day, is just gonna grate on anybody's. Yo, I, I have this theory where the number one reason couples break up in Montreal, in my anecdotal experience, is three and a halfs. You say that again? It's three and a halfs. They get three and a halfs together. So you don't have any real. Three and a half. Like, uh, sorry, the the one bedroom apartments. So uh, you have a living room, a bedroom, a kitchen. That's all you okay. have. So you're either in the sleeping room, which in theory, you're not supposed to do things but sleep in for good psychology reasons. Right. Or sex. Right. Sex is an acceptable use of that room. Don't get me fucking wrong. Um, I, I'd imagine you'd have to both be in the same room to, for, for that part. Yeah. And then you have your living room, which is your everything else room. And then there's no other room. So if you're mad, it's like somebody has to go to like the fucking bedroom. And that's weird. Now it's and tainted. one person has to stay in the entertainment room. Which usually just means people is all crouchy and they like whatever. But yo, we have this whole extra room, the studio. So if ah. we close the door. <laughs> or, it's perfect. And then you get it's your perfect. space. You can cool off and be like, I'm sorry. I was a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not in the room where a little trigger could happen. And now right. nothing fight happens. And it's bad news bears. Have you ever watched Martin? I don't think I did. It was a long time ago. So Martin Lawrence used to have a show and he was um, an actor on a podcast in the show. So he had like a radio show and he would air out what his relationship issues were in the radio podcast. So one time he aired out his shit and he talked shit about his woman and things went super sour, bro. So sometimes that, that extra area where you can finally air out your things, be careful. Just be careful, bro. Yeah. It could get dark. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with that. But, I mean, well, I know whatever I say she's aware of. <laughs> I don't say shit she doesn't know. About. I mean, it's not that she can't watch it. Twitch is so much easier to watch. They didn't have to be live back then. Back then, they had to be live. Now, now you can re-watch everything. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm just like this. I'm super candid with her from, from Jump. So, like, yeah. I'm just this. Um... I find it just makes more sense to just be real about it. I also don't think I said anything bad. <laughs> I trust I watch everything yeah, I say. You've been pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good, and and at least in this interview. Yeah, I never, I never once went on wax, like, sell her out. <laughs> like, I would not do that. That's fucking ridiculous. I might. Wax it. Yo, she will absolutely know. If I'm saying some shit, she knows I'm going to say some shit. Because off cam, we had a conversation, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on the fucking internet with that. That's a real thing that happens, okay? So, trust. She knows. And then, like, she can hear me. She can literally hear every word I'm saying in the next room or whatever because the walls are very thin. So, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I would never, like, like, I don't think you should, like, publicly put your partner. You know what I can't stand if we're going to talk about relationship shits is when people throw shade in memes. Like, bro, or song lyrics. Like, you know who the fuck you're talking about, dude. You're, just, you're, not, you're not just posting those lyrics because you're not mad at your girlfriend you had me at memes you lost me at song lyrics i love a song that's so metaphorical that it could apply to anybody mm. but it also might apply to exactly who thought it applied to okay fair but like i see people do it to trigger their partners that's toxic as fuck that's the same thing and as memes so I, I said it in that context not in the yeah. context where you're being weirdly poetic <laughs> weirdly poetic <laughs> I like to take an emotion. So how I write music, just to circle back to me, because I love talking about me, which I don't at all. But 
just just to go back at it, I love to write lyrics from a perspective of what everybody would relate to. So it doesn't technically tie to a specific person, but I would take a specific feeling and then expand it towards where it feels like it could apply to anybody that's felt that feeling before. Mm. So I would never make a specific reference, but I would tap into a specific feeling that I felt from a relationship and then go, okay, so this is what everybody, I don't think I'm special in any way. I don't think any relationship is special. All of us sort of have things that tie us to, which is why like people like romantic comedies or romantic movies, because to a certain extent we connect to them as just people that have been in love in general. So I write from that perspective, I take it. And then after that, I tie it into what everybody would feel. So I like songs like that. And I do that in songs. And a lot of people have been like, oh, is this about me? But I'm like, no, it's not about you. Mm. It's just about love. So I guess I, I appreciate that a lot. I was thinking about it more like you take some fucking bitches ain't shit lyrics when you're mad at your girl. Bitches ain't shit. Yeah, no, I would hate that. I would hate, I hate people that post statuses. I hate people that enter that they're engaged and then two weeks later say they're separated. Bro, what is that? <laughs> what is this? And t- what is what's his face got engaged to? What's her face? And then after that, two weeks later, it's we're in a complicated relationship. When Facebook introduced it, it's complicated. That's when shit got fucked up. Nah, it's complicated. I think had a fair purpose is for people that were in the more you can fuck me, but I'm still with her face, which is a real thing. And there was, Why would that be something you would want to announce on social media, though? Because you want to tell these people you have somebody, if you're playing that right. It's a, it's an honesty, candidness thing. So it's almost like a code that, like, for swingers is a real thing. But then everyone okay. else, like, swingers, so, like, there's a, it's a vibe. It's like spitting Wu-Tang lexicon. You get it or you don't. So that's what <laughs> I took. It's complicated because, you know, the only people, so back when I was in Seja, I was I was not one of them. I thought they were like, wow, nifty. But like, I saw some people in the polyamory world doing their thing. It's, compl- it's complicated is a real thing. It's just that most it people is. don't use it right, in my opinion. No, people use it as like, oh, we're in a toxic relationship, but sometimes we're on, sometimes we're off. It's complicated. So, yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, or maybe it's complicated. Maybe it's you, you don't want to fuck. Or don't, don't come near me. <laughs> they made a movie on this. They made a movie on this. I don't. It's like Diane Keaton and <clears throat> some other dude. But the whole idea was like she, that was her ex, but she was also dating this new guy. And to a certain extent, she wanted to be with her ex, but also she was loving this new guy. So it's complicated, you know. Which is fair. I respect that. And you know what? Anybody that's in a complicated life and everybody's like candid about it. And is done with a degree of respect. I have a lot of love for that world. I mean, Naughty by Nature didn't write OPP because there wasn't a code of this shit going on. He laid the code down for us. Okay. So you down with OPP is what you're saying. I'm down with yeah, whatever my me. girlfriend allows me to do. So I wrote a song called Seduce My Girlfriend. And it'll come later this year. And it's a sincere <laughs> fucking attempt to tell people out there that if you want this dick, then seduce my girlfriend. Legit. It's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Say less. What? Yo, I mean, seduce my girlfriend. That's, that's you want you want a dick. You gotta get Talk her. To my girl. That's it. Yo, it's viable. <laughs> she said, "Find me somebody I like." 
You don't understand the level of creativity I will take to achieve the dreams. And if I can blend <laughs> the dreams. Well, like, I also feel like it's some super middle-class fantasy shit. It's so regular. Oh. Who doesn't want to smash, right. like, three girls at once? I mean, not everyone. But, like, in a fantasy kind of way, a whole bunch of people. You might not, I realize, because you wrote, like, love poems and shit. So you're on that other tip. <laughs> but if you're on the other tip, yo, it's a fantasy. Whether or not you really want to do it, it's a fantasy. So, hmm. I mean, I kind of want to be a little bit of a rock star I have since I'm a kid. I think it totally requires too much attention. I mean, if you're really going to give attention to three different people at the same time, Bro. At the same time, it's like fucking in iron. one in one bed. That's impossible, bro. In my no. opinion, in so my opinion. I, I mean, I don't want to go too deep in it, but trust, You're a rock star, bro. trust. I have thought this shit through. I've got the strategies down pat, yeah. and I'm training yeah. physically. It was, <laughs> bro. I was. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Half that lose weight song is I want to fuck better. Like <laughs> it is like it's like really what it is. You did say it though. You did say it in the song though. Yo, you did make a. <laughs> you wanted to fuck better in the song. It's just what it is. So you have the cardio up in game, and now I'm clocking calories burned for the deed. That's that's crazy. If you if you take it and you scale it to three women, you are you are crazy burning calories. Right? See, now it's an you extra productive a level. It's just a, it's an extra. I mean, again. Bonnie has the consent to all of this. She is aware. She's 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 on the intro to the song. That was the only way I could write the song. It's like, yo, Bonnie, what would it take that? She's like, well, find me someone I like first, and it's actually her. And so that you hit the blessings, right? Like, she is not surprised to have conversations like this. But that's it. I have them off cam, so I should be willing to have them on cam, or I'm just talking behind people's backs, and I'm not really like that. It's just funny. That's so terrible. I would never, ever, ever be able to talk about this topic in general. Only because, first of all, I'm not that interested in the idea of like sharing three people in the same bed because it's like, I like the one on one. Mm. I enjoy just really being focused on this person and really just taking that level to a different level. When it's three people, you need to not only accommodate that person, you need to figure out what those other two people want. And are you neglecting this person and that person? It's just, it's just, it's not my thing. It's not, 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 my, not my cup of tea. I respect that. As you said it, I felt like the project manager in me geek out a little bit. Like, mm, how do I you do You know how to figure it out. So I just want to figure it out. It's like, that sounds so fun. Like I just picture, problem. it's just picture bars. That's something you put on a CV, bro. That would be something you put on a CV, 100%. In my, in my utopia, that would be on your CV. It should be. But it's I not have my utopia. <laughs> successfully entertained three women at the same time. Successfully. It can't be no you failed. That's project manager type shit. That's it. You had to figure out three separate people and get them to like each other too. And not have right. anybody jealous at the end. Oh my fuck. I don't know that I can do it. But like I have goals and I might not achieve them. Ripley's believe it or not. Yeah. Holden did it. It's not even, but it's not even like for the pride. It's just on some like, bro, I'm sure I saw some rapper shit. Like they had fucking seven girls in the video and I was sold when I was 13 and I've been on that shit since. It's probably as simple I as that for me. Thing, bro, I listened to like Ray J's one wish, you know, like if I had one wish, it would be you. It wasn't like it would be you mm. plus two other ones. 
What These Bitches Want by DMX is one of the first early rap songs for me. So right there, right? Like, what do you think of the DM, the the, the um, Drake remix? The which one? Did you listen to it? I have not heard it. What remix to what? Drake had a sample of Drake's DMX, What These Bitches Want. I didn't even and hear it. And it was it. I bet I'd like it, Not though. nearly as good as Drake, as DMX's, though. To be fair, I think I'd like it because I'm now Team Drake, and I think Drake is possibly one of the greatest artists of this generation, without a doubt. You do that when you have other writers, though. So, nobody can deliver like Drake. You can't do. I know. You can't be like they know, they know, and do it like Drake. You just can't do it. I don't care what anyone. I don't care who wrote the song. You can't do it like Drake. Facts. That's where I'm Fact. at with it. I can't do it like Drake. I've tried. I've tried a lot. I can't. I can't. Sometimes it's like, how the fuck do you actually say so little in a song and sell me that and song still, so hard? Like, and still. Like, Shawty, you're the best I ever had. The best I ever. That shit's banger. Well, not, you the fucking Drake best. You the me? fucking Drake best. Drake with me has the DMX sample. Mm. He's, the first line is just, you know, on some DMX shit. I group DM my exes. That's fire. Just imagine group DMing your exes. Oh my gosh. Like, to be honest, though, that's a level of life like I would like to have unlocked. Do I want to even walk through the door? I don't know. I just want the choice. I want the option. I want to know <laughs> I'm there. And then I right. can say yes or no. I don't even know if I want it. It could just be some shit I think I want. But fuck it. It has motivated me to get this far in life. Because you know how expensive and complicated a harem really would be to run? Harem. Bro, you're using big words. Bro, it's, I, I tell this to like meticulously. Like, what the fuck? I mean, like, look, I want Bonnie more than I want that. So, end of the day, she has to be like on board. And I have mm. soft pitched it for half a decade. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You would never ever sell out your man. Yeah, she's like right ever. there. Like she know she knows I want her more. But like, yo, she's the most important. Like, there's none of this without her. Hundred percent. But she also chose to date me, knowing I was like this when she met me. Mm. So, so if she knew her choices, then this would be something that we eventually work towards, or don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to sacrifice what you have with her. Exactly. She's like, that's it. Now. It's on me to create a compelling enough series of circumstances that seduces my girlfriend. Mm. Mm. And if I achieve that, then I get what I want. If I can't achieve that, then I clearly don't want it bad enough. And you still have what you want. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I don't like to have lose-lose situations. I see this as a huge win-win. <laughs> exactly. It's either you win by having what you already have. Or you win-win yeah. having what you want and what you already have. Yeah. Like, I'm super into this. And I don't care. As long as she says, yeah, then we in. And, like, yo, if I can put her in the right room, I'm certain the right people will be there. And she'll be like, okay, this isn't terrible. And that's all I need is this isn't terrible. This is, it's not so bad. <laughs> it's not so bad. <laughs> but, honestly, like, the love-love thing is mad cool. I really like it a lot. I like the idea. My idea of love has to do with compromise and like partnership. A yep. lot of it. It's just like everybody's individualistically ma like fascinated by particular goals and shape. Yeah, 100%. And if the goals can align over time, that I don't know. Maybe it's kind of mathematical a bit, but like it's, 
that's kind of like what I find allows you to build the foundation for it. And then the rest of it is just some fucking weird, unexplainable shit where it really doesn't make no sense sometimes. But I like it. I wouldn't really trade it. I wouldn't be single if I had the choice. Because, like, you would not. It's shitty. <laughs> Honestly, the parts of my life that I was single, it's just like, yo, having a vacation. Like when you have like a week off and not much to do when you're single is one of the worst fucking moments. You just it's just like all of these like, oh, I hope this is gonna happen, and then they don't. But if it doesn't, you just then go, I'm fucked. Yeah, and you're by yourself in a room and it's boring. Or you're at a party yeah. moping. Yo, I go to a party with Bonnie, I have a good time. I go to a party alone, I hide in a corner. Just <laughs> what it is. I'm not really Fuck. good at riding through life. Like, I'm like an isolated loner. <laughs> Super good on yeah. the internet, though. It's like telephones. Me too. I like cameras. Cameras, cameras, like I do whatever it is, you know? But when I feel like I have to meet people, I have to entertain a different energy. To me, to my certain extent, it's like I have to figure out who you are. Does my personality vibe with who you are? And then it's a different type of thing. And I wouldn't be able to cross that boundary and be like, hey, what's up? I'm Tyrell. When I'm in a club situation i would be the same guy that's in the corner mm. although sometimes you meet that one person where all of a sudden circumstances make you talk to them and then it's dope i like it when circumstances 100%. interfere that's the, my favorite sometimes things just things just coalesce for me it's just a beautiful thing when it finally makes it to a point where both your energies and her energies or his energies if that's your thing you know and you guys just kind of like fucking vibe vibe is energy is a different frequency for me it's just like it's beautiful when it finally happens. Yeah, it's it, not always something that happens though. It's a energy is a good word. Um, I'm really on this weird like this energy tip. My whole, all of my artistic choices are and all of my all of my choices are based on energy now. It's really simple. Yeah. Do I like the energy of that idea? Yes. No. Boom. Easy. Bonnie. Bonnie finds it so frustrating because I just turn down shit sometimes all the fucking time. I don't like that. Why? Well, I don't. I don't know. I can't even tell you why I don't like some shit. Not like I'm talking about like creative ideas, like branding. Some creative. of your frequency vibes on past experience. It's things that aren't essentially yeah. you. And sometimes you have to rise above whatever that fucking history is mm. to get to a level where you're vibing with something that really is intrinsic to your soul. And I feel like a lot of the times we kind of just like, oh shit, like in my past, I was rejected for this, this, and that. And so I won't fuck with this, this, and that. But that's not necessarily who your soul is. Like sometimes I just intrinsically vibe with somebody and I don't even know why. It's not something that I understand. And I feel like we really need to tap into erasing our past to a certain extent and then getting towards where we really are present. I'm not present a lot. I'll tell you that straight up. I don't know. I'm a person that thinks of the past. I'm not always present. I don't know if I'm good at it. I don't know that I will ever be good at it too. So I just kind of let people know I'm shit at shit. <laughs> Cause I'm not, well, I mean, <laughs> at least you're honest. At well, least you're honest. Y'all need some visions, uh, prophecies and like fucking corporate managing skills. I got you. You want to talk about how to turn love into a project management thing with metrics that are fucking obscure, but would make your girlfriend happy. Got you. You want to talk about the ethereal nature of shit? I don't know. Depending on how good you are at the debate, I'm in. But, like, I I tried hanging out at the park a lot recently and just meeting mm. people. And I don't know that I like it. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. 
I just tough. there's so many kinds of people out there that I don't mesh with, and like I have to do my lie smiley face shit. And I used to have an algorithm where I had it all worked out in my head how to like navigate a certain kind of person where I don't like offend them. I can get through a conversation without offending these people just on some accident shit. And I lost mm. it all. I don't have any of it no more. Idea of going back to my office place, I don't know that I could do it. Like, I, I don't really? know that I have it in me to relearn how to integrate back into that shit. Yeah, Culturally speaking. Yeah. I'm not, like, like, this is fine, but you may have noticed I'm I'm really not, like, afraid to speak my mind. And I don't know what's appropriate anymore. And, like, in this contest, is cool because we're on the fucking internet. It's whatever, whatever. We're rappers, blah, blah, blah. Music people. But, like, yo, if you're, like, a parent and you don't want to hear fuck <laughs> it makes my life really weird sometimes and i'm not in my zone it's like i have to like enter into this other culture and code switch and i used to be like super good at it and sort of good at it i wasn't even ever really good at it but now i'm just really fucking bad at it plus if i'm hanging out with like four people at the same time it's like stacking energies mm. and i don't even know how to do that it's so much it was so overwhelming that time we went to the park and there was a whole bunch of us and i was like oh it's been like an hour to like talk some people don't even realize how predominant their energies are they think they're accommodating other energies when they're really not and to a certain extent i have a hard time adapting to energies that are not comprehensive of what's going on around them like some people are really that. on their own thing and I really have a hard time just being like, okay, do you even understand that this person's trying to talk? Or do you even hear what this person's saying? Or are you just responding how you would want to respond however you fucking feel like it is? I have a hard time with it. I hear what you're saying. For me, I, I feel like I could adapt. I'm very PR. I feel like if, if, my, if I had a role, I could be PR 5,000% because I get what it means to be Oh, this is disrespectful towards this 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 certain group, and that's disrespectful to this group. And but it's you know, a lot of people exhausting. need that in this city. It's exhausting, and I feel like I feel like the biggest commodity that's going to happen for artists in the future, only because cancel culture is so major, is if you can understand what it means to be canceled and what would get you canceled. So if you figured out how to say no, I can't say this. I can't say this. This is not what I can say right now because that will get me fucked. So if labels understood that you can say that and, and know that you're not going to say what's going to get you on a different level, that would be the biggest commodity in the future. Not your music, not any of that, because you can be the greatest artist in the world. If you finally say that, you know, women ain't shit, you're fucked. And I would never, ever say that because it's not true. But I'm just saying, if you said that, <laughs> if you said that, you would get canceled immediately. And I've heard so many artists say things that were just like next level. Bruh, are you even hearing yourself right now? Mm. I'm not convinced cancel culture is as powerful as you think it is, except for the context of social media. Social media is so powerful, though. Yeah, but you, if can you don't work around it. I know it's ironic that I would say that because of how social media centric it is for those who know me. But yo, like you can entirely underground your life without social media. I've seen some people do some preposterous shit to great success just because they understood that social media is not their thing. So getting banned was just part of their marketing strategy. Kevin Hart almost got canceled from a post he did 10 years ago. Yeah, but whatever you post on 
on social media, if you were not socially conscious, you can get canceled for it 10 years from now. If your goal is to deal with a certain kind of monetization, then I agree with you entirely. I'm saying there's more than right. one kind of way to get paid and you can just work around that system. You can even feed into that system. If you felt like your market was 100%, um, I mean, if your market was racist and you decided you were going to market yourself Not towards even that thing. racist, if your market's edge lords, just edgier people, if that's the kind of comedy they like, yo, they'll follow you to like fucking Patreon or whatever. Trump, I feel like was, and I don't like Trump. Trump was the genius as far as marketing towards a demographic and figuring out how to capitalize on that demographic uh -huh. and make that work in his favor. Yeah, I think it's a terrible demographic to market towards. I think what he was but marketing wasn't great. I guess, but so here's where like it gets kind of weird with social media. A lot of yeah. people get the ban. I never got the ban on some luck shit because of life, not yeah. because of now. Now it's skill. I don't get banned because I don't do the thing that gets you banned is one thing. And it's always in, I'd say 95% <laughs> of the posts that people have sent me with the ban. I can tell you the exact sentence. This is not like chrome's recent ban where because he was so fucked in the system it was too late and they were just looking for shit i'm saying the first bans it's the personal attack it's the part where you go you're a uh, and you insult this person right that's it it's that's what's getting people banned over and i don't do that no more i don't insult people in my debates i go real like stoic on my shit so who's, how am I getting banned? What term and service do I violate when I go anecdotally from this blah, blah, you know, like I say it like that. I word my shit mad P-R-E. P-R-E. That's I, a verb. You just made a verb. But it's a, or an adjective all by yourself. But like you can say what you want. You can have every opinion in the world. And it's these people get into like things where they use certain jargons that are bad certain terms that are just what like, yo just don't use the term you know that it's going to be That's perceived simple. as an attack it, yeah so then it's like freedom of speech bro it's canada it's canada we're not the states don't care about what your utopia is there's still the present reality we never had that free right. speech is not a thing in, in in canada you need to be pr five thousand percent well it's that hate speech is a thing in canada so it's not 100%. so much that free speech isn't. Well, okay. It's that hate speech oh, really is a thing. So it's like, who cares what you think should be? This is the reality. This is the current legal framework. You can operate within yeah. it or you can operate without it. And if you choose to operate outside of it on some petty shit, you have consequences. There was this whole thing about, you know, I don't know if you listened to uh, Jordan Peterson. I did for a minute. And then I lost okay, interest. Okay, so for Jordan Peterson, there was like a certain minute where he was like being forced to accept pronouns and he decided he was going to rage against yeah. it because of freedom of speech, right? But um, it, it almost case. got him, like, he lost his, he almost lost his tenure. Uh, you know, it's like, it, he almost got canceled as a person in general. And for me, my opinion is just like, what would it take for you to say they? What the fuck would it take for you to say they? Like, I think he knew exactly what he was doing in hindsight. Look at what his totally career understand his perspective on it. Yeah, but like, how do you go that viral, that successfully, that money, cash paid that quickly, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? He knew his group. He knew his group. He knew his group. So I feel like he, he saw an opportunity to get buzz and he jumped on it. Right. But right. like, I like that he did it because academia is corrupt 
it's like a mob right. and i don't think people know that and it's a fucking weird world so i guess there's a good point to be made that the fact that he took this stance was problematic and exposed a certain area of censorship that really does exist within a system of information flows but yeah i don't know i think everything he did was marketing and now and i don't like him a lot now i think he's not oh. i think his book is not great from what i've seen in the you know what it is a lot of people the 12, the 12, uh, yeah. of success. i haven't read it so for those that care i did not read it but i had a lot of people try to convince me to read it and mm. when people try to convince me to read shit and use really awful arguments it tells me that this book is not it because that's Fair. that's as much as i can go with it and I watched a lot of his debates and I realized how vapid he is and how he doesn't debate. He like is more akin to Ben Shapiro than not. And I did not really find him interesting. Ben Shapiro though? Ben, I don't really don't like Ben Shapiro yeah, the, only because the, of the way that he argues. Yeah, the way that Jordan Peterson argues is very Ben Shapiro-esque, but from the other angle, but from like kind of in a way that doesn't look like it but yeah it is watch all the big jordan peterson moments are him twisting language and not really like doing any good debating it's only good Fair, but also some of the things that they're arguing is not proper arguing as far as it is just really like taking what they are perceiving as negative and then after that projecting it onto him yeah. it's not necessarily him saying something negative more than it is them having an issue with what he's saying yeah but i watched a lot of jordan peterson content I watched him with Sam Harris. I watched him with a lot of situations. Nah, he's really not it to me. Like, he's really, like, surface level. He doesn't know. Nothing he's saying makes sense unless you want to be a bro. And then a lot of things make sense. But I guess I he just... He does curtail a lot to the male um, male narrative, and which like, I don't like. I don't necessarily find that my inner strength comes from a damn thing he says is worth having except for maybe uh, i kind of like god so i'm with god in my life i'm cool with that shit so i yeah. fucks with that but like otherwise everything he says kind of sounds like pseudoscience to me fair like i said i'm not a big i'm not a major supporter of jordan peterson i was really just trying to drag that one point mm. for me i do feel like he does curtail towards a certain audience and that audience is not necessarily representative of what is real or what is yeah socially acceptable in my opinion yeah he, and i'm more for what the collective is about than than what one demographic is well to me that's a democracy is supposed to be now maybe i don't understand democracy but in democracy you might lose of course and of course like i mean i just like, even take the fucking curfew apparently 69 percent of quebec was down for the curfew so if democracy is a real thing however it may be if two-thirds of people are down for it and we're a democratic society shouldn't there be a degree of playing ball as a citizen and i don't know that i'm right yes but also when you're taking these 69% demographic, whatever, mm. who the fuck are you calculating? A lot of the things when that's it comes super to study. Fair. Not, that's a great answer. That may have not been my best example because your answer was too good. But yeah. in general, I guess there are, there are probably better ones. But nah, let's say the, the stats legit. Multiple sources, multiple things across the board. It turns out even yeah. Montreal is down. Let's just hypothesize. Then at that point, what is the democratic move as a culture? 
What do we also? If we believe in democrat de- d- democracy as a uh, a system of belief, we have to accept that if fifty one percent agreed, then that's what it is. But I honestly don't feel like we, especially when it comes to like the fucking curfew. No, I feel okay. like we did not we did not calculate that properly, and I don't feel like there was a fifty one percent agreement in what was going on. There was a lot of people that were just totally in disagreement. But yes, I understand what you're saying right now. Yo, you know what? Um, I found 5, out a lot yeah. of my colleagues never felt the curfew. They had kids that went to bed at eight, so they had curfew. Since I'm an overnight worker, so I would always be like leaving the house at like ten o'clock. So I would constantly get carded by the police or something like Is that, that by saying like, oh. Yeah, hundred percent. I would get my papers checked all the time, just to be like, "Oh, are you freaking? Uh, what, where are you going right now?" And then I'd say, "Be like, I work overnight." And they're like, "Oh, what do you mean overnight? You're a call center agent." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I work overnight." And they would always check my papers, everything would not be clear. It's not, it's not a cool system, and I really didn't feel comfortable with the system that was going on That's at fair. that time. Yeah. I can appreciate your perspective. I just know that a large number of Quebecers didn't feel the curfew because they had their own curfew based on offspring. Most people do. Most people do. I feel like it's a younger generation thing that does not, that was not in support of it. I feel like most older generations were just like, yeah, cool, no problem. I mean, but even just something as simple as like walking outside of the house, that's where it gets a little bit, a little bit weird. Where like you want to walk your dog at 11 p.m., you can't. Oh, you can walk your dog, right? Because that was the one thing that made it acceptable. But if you wanted to go for a walk at 11 p.m., say you wanted to escape an argument. Let's say you were in an argument with your relative other, you know, and you wanted to leave the house at 11 p.m., you can't unless you had a dog. (laughs) Things like that. Little things like that. Yeah, it was mad inconsistent. I was not thrilled with the way that rolled out. Um, Was not. It was like... I just lived with it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I had that extra room. So yeah. I planned in a head <laughs> for that. Uh, but if I had a kid, I don't know, man. That shit, like, shut out the parents. Shut out the fuck. Yo, I did an interview yesterday, and the guy had screaming kids in the background. By the end, it was just, you know, like, we rolled them with it. But that's his life. Right. Right. <sighs> shut out the parents. <laughs> we, we just lived shut with up. it. <laughs> We just did, we did that. So I'm just grateful, you know, like I'm in this position where I don't feel like, I don't feel like it was that, that bad, but I also was doing this a lot. And I feel like, yo, like I said, it's like, I told you beforehand, I feel like it's 80% as good as hanging out with somebody. So I had this like constant influx of fresh faces and that helped me cope. Yeah. To be honest, I had a very, um, I was very apprehensive of doing this by zoom. Only because I'm not used to like talking to a camera or seeing a face by picture, but yeah, it, it actually almost feels like you're you're chilling with a person. It almost feels like it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's like close enough. Like I'd be more inclined yeah. to be like the real life version is better. I'm definitely not set yeah. up because I lent out microphones, but I'm not <laughs> against it. I feel like though I like this vibe with the interview. It's consistent. Yeah. It's got a thing. You're at home, so you're comfortable. I'm here. Yeah, you can see. You can see I'm comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have no two floors up in my shit, but I do have books. Those are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have a big question then. What comes after your happy for you situation? Are you like rolling okay, out a so bunch of stuff? I don't really know what amount I'm able to divulge in the interview. I could tell you, or I'm going to tell you, that I do have an entire album recorded already. Okay. So 
we're deciding at this point whether we're going to release another music video and then the album or just move forward with the album from here. Um, the album's been recorded, so I really do. I'm really excited to share the material. I do have a lot of songs that are really just like close to my heart, and I'm really looking forward to releasing them. But that's where we are right now. It's it's just figuring out where to go forward from here, whether we whether this this song was enough and this music video was enough to go forward, or whether we need to release at least another one to build a catalog, and then after that release the album. Yeah. So now we have questions coming in from the comments. Uh, what's your favorite book? Uh, the Alchemist, hands down, by Paulo yeah, Coelho. Straight up, that's a good book. Yeah, really. Just um, I don't think I believed in my dreams to the extent that I did until I read that book, and then it was just about manifesting and and really about soul connections to things. So I would say that book probably biggest biggest in my life. Yeah, it's a big book. There's not a lot of books I would say can hit you like that, and it's not like hyperbolic. That's no hyperbole. That shit slaps hard. It's a good book that everybody should it's probably read. Book. I think everybody should read it at least. If they have a dream, read that book and, and just really figure out how to manifest gold. Um, do you plan to do a 100% R&B project? No. Um, I did have a, a, an inkling to go towards Trap Soul, probably when Bryson Tiller first released his album. Um, I do think I'm more connected towards a rap level, so I don't know if I could ever release a, an album where I was just singing. Um, but I would really love to sing more. I feel like my first album didn't have enough singing and I really would like to focus more on that. Really just uh, work on my vocal talent and, and go from there, 100%. Yeah, fair. How did you get into battling? Cause that's like a whole part of your career that, you know, is also interesting. Right, the one thing we didn't talk about. So yeah, battle rap. Um, I've been watching battle rap for many, many years. I've been watching Chrome since he first started. Um, I've never wanted to get into battle rap only because I felt like I was in a vulnerable position because of my sister and her handicap. Um, I really thought that was going to be a point in which people were going to um, capitalize on. And I would honestly thought I didn't have the emotional capacity to have somebody talk shit about my sister and me not swing on them. So for me, it was just like, I'm not going to do this. I won't go into this. And then eventually I was just like, from a writer's perspective, I really like battle rap. I really like the idea of chess playing an opponent into losing. So figure out their their angles, figure out their names, how to work that into an audience perspective. So that was really what made me go into it. But I honestly had no intent of going into battle rap when I first heard it. Just out of that fear that they were going to cross a boundary that I don't think I would have been able to accept. So how do you go from being afraid of doing it to being in a finals and DMS tournament like very recently. Uh, okay. So uh, it first started, I guess, with the battle with Profit. Um, I didn't think Profit was an opponent that was going to take it to that level. Um, so battling with him was kind of just more like sport. And I really appreciated battling with him because it was just name battling. It was just really on a respectful level. I think going forward with my um, battle with Noso, I knew Noso was somebody that takes personal jabs. So he was already pre-battle talking about my sister. And I really had to have a conversation with my sister to say like, listen, I understand this guy is going to talk about your handicap. And he was going to go in on that personal level. And I think once I got to a level where my sister was like, I like what you're doing and I respect what you're doing and I'm gonna be able to handle this, then I can move forward from there. 
And I think now if an opponent was going to talk shit about my sister, it would be like, okay, cool. Do what you got to do. You look like more like shit than I do if you talk about my sister. So that's what made me, that gave, that's what gave me the confidence to go forward. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't feel apprehensive. I'm not all the way, I'm a more a peace and love person. So battle rap is kind of like a, a platform that requires you to be negative, requires you to be aggressive. And it gives me anxiety, to be honest. And I think that, that shown through in my last battle where I didn't really know how to battle against somebody like uh, Napalm. I had major respect with him as an artist. I loved him as a battle rapper. I think he's great. Um, and I was not a hundred percent in that energy towards where being negative. I feel like COVID has been brought us to a level where I really just want to connect with people, but I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to let that be my last battle. I'm definitely going to go forward from there and, and, and just, uh, fuck up a lot of people's lives that's that's my goal that's fair <clears throat> i'm not really sure i could do the battling i thought about it it's hard i could it's battle super... somebody i don't like that 100 that's the issue i don't know how i could battle like a cool man logan and i use him specifically because i love his shit i'd be like yeah i would just turn into me complimenting him yeah i'd be like yeah i wish i was as good no i would never say that it was a joke <laughs> <laughs> i was like no i wouldn't say that was a fucking but like nah i would turn into some shit where it would sound like that like i wish i was as good as you and that is not what i want i don't know that i could because you know if i really fucks with you i'm just gonna give you praises i don't want to fucking have to say negative shits um i respect yeah. the people who do it because i got into battle rap over the last year and now i really like it like, I mm. really, really like it. But I like mm. watching y'all do it. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't like being in it, to be honest. And I, I'm I'm in it, and I do enjoy the craftiness of the writing. The writing is so amazing. It takes so much to get to that level where you're writing those bars. It's difficult to get in that energy. And so that's the performance, the performance part that I haven't really dived into, and I'm, I'm really trying to work on it so that I can get to a point where it's like every battle is a body. So I'm trying to get there. Yeah, I just practice it in a room full of people. I know that sounds wonky, yeah. but I've now talked to enough battle rappers of like prestige to know that they all have rooms full of people and they battle and practice the shit out of their shit in front of people. And like 100%. have like fake opponents and shit. That yeah, this was all in my head. So for me to like finally get to a point where you're on the stage and when you expect to get that reaction. So when you perform it in front of people prior you're getting those bars where it's like, oh, shit. But if, when you're trying to feed yourself on that shit, and then when you finally get on stage and you're not getting the reaction you expected, well, then when those lines don't hit, you go, wait a minute, y'all didn't catch that? And then you start forgetting what the rest of the thing is. Oh, That's you, just me. So hold up. Is that why so many rappers started to do that? Let me run that back. It's a this. It's a this. Let me break down my scheme. This is my scheme, you unintelligent being. I would 100% say that, that a lot of them are kind of like running it back because, oh, wait, you didn't hear me? Let me say that again, you know? Bruh. Because a lot of people don't catch it on the first vibe. And I feel like Montreal versus, like, say, like a URL or something like that. No, it's bro, a different. All, all, I'm, all I watch is the URLs and the KOTDs because that's like, no. I haven't watched they a lot catch of Montreal. Everything, though. Nah. Like, it's, it's rare that they'll okay. run it back. So that's fine. But everything else that's not that, and even then, 
even then, because now a lot of the guys coming from these leagues kind of learned how to do styles that incorporated breaking down the schemes as part of the style. So now yeah. that's just a motif that gets mm. used. So in a yeah. sense, it gets normalized. And I don't know that I'm a thousand percent right. So nobody come at me with you. I don't know shit about battle rap, bro. I didn't know who Iron Solomon was when I talked to him in December. That was my introduction <laughs> to battle rap. Okay. <clears throat> and I ran it since then. I pay for URL. That's that's what it is. I don't watch a lot of it, but I pay for it. Fair. So that's just regular support right there. Well, I mean, they do a lot and they made an app. And in a lot of sense, like ownership is a big subject. So it's like at some point when I'm richer, I'll pay for fees shit as well because of like battle rap needs that. I, yeah, I just, I just can't afford to take on more fucking monthlies like that. Like I, I just, I would love mm, to. The monthly, bro. Crave Netflix. No, I'm talking friends, people. Mm. Like yo, I fucking Lamef. I support what Lamef does so much. So I'm subscribed to him on Twitch. Prechenkobia is a huge person that's done a lot for a lot of people. So I'm subscribed to him on Twitch. I'm subscribed to Willie Scandals on Tribe. I'm and then it's like yo, these add up. I, yep. I only have X amount I can put into other people like that. And so I put in the people I put in. And unfortunately, until I'm richer, I can't do more. If anything, I have to, like, reconsider if I can really afford fucking some of this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's more like that, you know? Like, so I, it's like I want to go fucking give DMS money. Because honestly, I really respect the cultural impact they have that I didn't know they had um, back in the day when I looked into them. The value of their truck is cool. Like it's all cool. Like they're really doing what's super proper. It's like, super proper. It's like, but it's also like they have a magazine. I didn't even know that. They have a lot of things that I didn't even know about. And when you dig in and realize, pushed the magazine more more before. Yeah, but, I don't know if they're still doing the magazine. But yeah, yeah there was straight up issues in 2020. I looked at, I found all these PDFs. Okay. But what's incredible okay. is it's all these PDFs that you can just dig through with these interviews from like fucking people in like 2017, like King Misery shit from back when he was coming in and like- King Miz, super proper, I love King Miz. Shout out to King Miz, bro, he's dope. But it's like, yeah, it's like this archive. And I'm like, yo, in my role, what I'm seeing, I gotta give Feezy the love for that. Cause nobody Feezy's else- been putting people on the map. I feel like Feezy doesn't get his flowers. And I, I really feel like Feezy has been, he's pushing it. And to be honest, like, People that don't understand his plans, he's he's gonna be moving forward with crazy shit in the future. So I'm, I'm super dope to hear what he's gonna be coming up with for sure. Yeah, no, I mean I can't say I fully understand his plans, or but I can also say I didn't do a lot of work into trying to understand Feezy's plans until very like recently, until I got into it, and then I realized, yo, there's only so many English fucking media platforms out here, eh? Only it's so many. Enough. It's hard enough what? just to be England in the media platforms. So therefore. 100%. I have to just give love to all the English media. I don't even know what I feel anymore. I just have to give love to all the English people. I don't give as much love to the French side. Not to give any disrespect to them, but it's like, yo, they can pull five figures on a video. Okay? Like, yeah, we can do whatever. I'm trying to rate. A radio interview will pull five yeah. figures. I'm like, oh, they are, they are good right now by my standards. Yeah. I'm not... <laughs> It's the niche. It's the niche of it, though, that makes them so easily palpable. The reason why we're drowning is because there's so many English platforms. Whereas, if you're in a French platform, what do you? What countries do you have that are going to listen to yourself? I mean, I would argue there's probably we were. I was just watching uh, the Hustle podcast episode six so good. with so guy good. whose name I can't remember, but he's cool. 
Um, but he was talking about being a French artist and how as an Anglo artist, our perception is off. It's really good for the big guys, but the little guys is just like us. It's the same struggle. There's just the same saturation. And then I thought to myself, though, um, 12% of Quebec or Montreal, one of the two is English. Fair. That's not a lot of people. So that makes mm. it like we're really not the same metropolis of Anglophones as it is for the Franco-Max population. The actual population is oh. a lot smaller. And then I realized they live in NDG, which is 166,000 people, which is bigger than cities that have scenes. And I'm like, hold mm. the fuck up. A lot of excuses have been made. But I live in a predominantly English borough that has rappers in it, that has more people in it than smaller towns that have thriving scenes. Forget Wait the rest minute. of Montreal, just NDG. Stop. What you're asking, what you're asking is that everybody in the NDG borough is somebody that listens to the rap no. industry. That's not that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying people in smaller towns with bigger obstacles have pulled it off. That's all I'm saying. Everybody in a smaller town knows everybody in a smaller town, though. Yo, I found. But I don't know that it has to be like that if we were to focus on shit like just parks. Just do a park. It doesn't have to. So let's say, because yeah. I've been trying to think about how to solve the problems a little more than just worry about them. You're right. You're right. We can make up excuses as much as we want. It's not going to get us anywhere. So other you're, than... you're like by the hood. Honestly, you yeah. would fit into my fucking section of the city. And it's just geography. Yeah. Just because you can do it. <laughs> you're close by. Easy. It's a block away, bro. But that's but that's like kind of it. So yo, within that, anybody in the southwest is kind of in this section, and there's maybe multiple yep. vibes. The vibes that I'm rolling with, you got the cool man Logans, the Vincent Prices, all these people, Verdun, fucking LaSalle, fucking whatever, whatever. What if we just created tours of parks? Easy. And then we easy. just show up. I mean, it's not it's that easy. I mean, tours and parks. The parks definitely have some like. Um... Yeah, we 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 can figure it out. We figured out yeah, some shit. Yeah. We figured out how to make it look like it's not a show. <laughs> <laughs> so we figured out how to. Shout out, shout out to the Hustle Podcast. Shout out, shout out to Tech Luciano. Shout out to Talia. Yeah, Dope. shout out Steve. We got to give him love too. He's holding it down. He's like the the glue of it all. Okay. I only know Tech. I only mm. know uh, Talia, but definitely shout out to Steve. Um, I interviewed they're, they're him. So like, yo, Steve is actually making a movie that has Tech and fucking Merker in it and shit. So like, shout it's out hard. fucking Steve. I just want to give him his love. He came through for an interview before Major people gave a shit. Now. I want to act, bro. I want to act, bro. Let's go. Yeah, well, I can link you to. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Be about it. You know? yeah, simply <laughs> what? Yo, Steve, fucking Tyrell wants to be in the movie. Is there a spot? Psh, done. <laughs> I know it sounds whatever, but like that's what it is. I've been sharing this yeah. motherfucker show week over week. All six episodes got shared. Yeah, he saw okay. that. I'll fucking hit him okay. up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but he's he was legit. We did the same thing. He sat there. We had right. a conversation. It was a good fucking vibe. So we, you know, you, every time we do these, it's like you get a sense of who people are and what you can do and what you can't do. Maybe nice. not this movie. Maybe there's another opportunity. Maybe there's a thing or Bro, that. this is major circling back to what you said at the beginning. It was just like this idea of like we don't we don't share opportunities in Montreal. Well, we should. We don't. Because New York does we that. Don't. And I'm inspired yeah. a lot. Well, I, I managed to link up with Bronx Man. And Bronx Man is doing all Bronx shit. And it's different. Mm. And yo, yeah. and then I talked to Olivier Bureau, who had the hip-hop cafe for a minute. And he's bringing that back. Mm. And he said... Oh, that was major. It was big major. But he told me that Quebec has low self-esteem. 
and it's resonated with me because I don't have low self-esteem anymore. I used to, though. I have very high self-esteem and confidence in my ability to succeed, and I realize that if you listen to a lot of the subtleties in the language people use, they definitely don't believe they're going to achieve it. They want to achieve mm. it. They think they're capable of achieving it. But they're not convinced themselves that they're going to. Like, it's not a doubt in my mind. It might take me a decade. I can live with that, but it's going to happen. I know from whatever venue I'm going to take, one of them is going to stick. I just don't know which one's going to stick. Mm. I'm hoping it's music. I'm hoping it's acting. One of them's going to stick, though. I know 100%. I'm going to get there. I'm 100 but convinced. I hear I'm a- Erase everything I've said in this whole podcast nah. and just take that one part. You feel me? Nah, but it's more like the faith in yourself, right? Like, let's say you really want to be an actor and that's really what you want. That's what you believe it is. Maybe that is what you believe it is. I don't know. Maybe music's, like, not the... And I'm not trying to shit on you. I'm saying, but based on that, like, I think you are an excellent musician. I think you can just go fucking do shit, put it out, and it'll work. And you don't even have to worry about shit. You don't have to worry about attention spans and shit. Fuck that. You're Tyrell, not Tyler. That's cool. You fucking got to the DMS finals. That means you. Yeah, it's hard to know that you've gone to that point. Like I don't recognize my accomplishments as much as I recognize my failures. So when I get to the finals and I don't pass the finals, for me, I don't. I recognize I don't pass. Bro, I would have got knocked out round one. Mm. Like that's the thing. I don't look at it as like yo, I beat this dude and that dude. Bro, I've seen people put respect on your name that you don't even know has respect on your name. Yeah, many, many years, bro. Many, many years. I I know a lot of people respect me for the pen, and I do appreciate all of them. I just wish I I, it it sank in more. I wish I knew how to like absorb the shit and just be like, yo, you got this. I wish I had the confidence that those Montreal rappers that don't have the bars have. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yo, it's weird, but, like, you just have to put yourself out there in a way that's yeah. mad exposed. Yeah. And a lot of the times that they don't have the bars, they do have the soul. 100%. Yeah. You got to ask yourself, what's gonna, what are people going to connect with more? Soul, vibes, energies, or fucking bars? Because I can tell you one thing. I can't listen to No Immortal Technique 2008 no more. I already know the shit he taught me. And now it's just, like, history <laughs> lessons I already learned. It's kind of not my yeah. shit. That's the thing. I don't write anything without the soul. So the soul is definitely there. And I really think people connect with the soul of who I am as an artist. I just, um, yeah, I just really need to like let it sink in more. So I, I really think I'm, that's what I'm trying to work on now. So that I can build the confidence for battle rap. I can build the confidence for music. And then I could just work from there. I can tell you the only thing that gave me confidence is the fact that I sucked online for so fucking long. <laughs> it's the work. You continue to work through it, and then people give you those negative comments, and you say, oh, yeah? You going to talk shit? Let's go. Let's go. You get past that. It's more like somebody told me, called me a fucking, like, get a life YouTuber reaction guy. I got that comment today. So I just wrote, I have a life. (laughs) I mean, I have a life. It's not even a lie. Go look at the channel. I do, like, there's, like, five videos like that. There's a lot of interview shit. That's that channel. But, like... It, it's like you just kind of get through the part where like it's more the frequency too right i had to like constantly expose my shit my, my insecurities to the world mm. to a point where yeah. yo i don't even know anymore what's appropriate because whatever i've done it so much I've, yo i sat there for 20 minutes on a stream going 
you want this dick then seduce my girlfriend literally trying to get that chorus right it took 20 minutes of just saying that live to facebook live to everything everything like yo you never even know man but then after that bro i don't know thinking it worked now i got the song i put myself okay. through the thing now i got the song and then who cared nobody left me they're all still riding and at the end right. of the day you run through that a lot and then it's just math you can't like deny the evidence of your greatness there you go there you go that's that real love right there nah but you're wonderful you really got you to me it's like that but it's like how do you i don't know you just gotta believe it too i don't know how but it's not simpler said than done little by little bro music video was the first step and i'm just gonna keep pushing through it from there Yo, that was eventually it's gonna be like yeah exactly 100 percent. but also remember facebook reels and shit great way to do low budget versions of shit that connects with people little little cues i'm trying to work on it i'm trying to figure it out no it's a, it's little by little for sure it's so awful i'm trying to figure out if, if facebook is the best venue instagram is the best venue youtube is the best venue it's hard to figure out exactly where you need to focus your your uh your attention at really what you want is a piece of content you can throw on all of them exactly yeah so like you, you find like the reels so that that is TikTok, instagram and i found out snapchat's still a thing thanks golden jenny so and sometimes still a thing? yeah apparently you can like geo local to like montreal hip-hop and other countries may be looking for montreal hip-hop that they're missing because i'm not on snap well other people are there yeah you got to go international on your stats but yo it's a real valid fucking use case the ukrainian teams i have use fucking snapchat single people use snapchat but they have the fucking That's crazy i always thought snapchat was kind of like you can only see it through invite now nah, invite only there's this map feature where you can like scroll around the world and click on shit like larone and stuff and it shows you all the snaps that are in that area okay and then okay. now snapchat has a store where you can submit your music so oh. you put the fucking song on the snapchat when you release it and now it's in the snaps and you do snaps that give you micro spins and get you attention and reels so micro spins or whatever syncs whatever i don't know all i know is reels are monetized <clears throat> like the spins <laughs> so if you post a reel at the right time and apparently every four days for holden uh i get over a thousand spins on these reels is what i'm testing and it's all my music so i'm gonna check the distro kit in a couple of months and see what that pays but i might be like making like a dollar a post on this shit. let's go so it's like really just that's social media it's what is monetizably interesting followed by what is going to connect you with people so like i like TikTok by just so all i do is i open up my phone and i do the worst raps ever i'll be like Yo, I'm walking down the street, and there's something in my shoe. This is a TikTok rap. It's super bad, but it's for you. That's what it is. This is the worst rap ever. And then that's the whole TikTok. And then I had. Okay. <laughs> and then sometimes they're good. Like the one at Meticulous's crib was pretty good by accident. But like, sometimes they're just shit. I don't care. But it lets. It lets me just be out there and it all on brand. I'm a goofy, regular man, motherfucker. It is what it is. So like you can just kind of put yourself into the different ecosystems and yo, via the TikToks, I met a beat maker. Via the this, I met beat makers. 
all I can say is the amount of beat makers that are in my life today versus a year ago has astronomically fucking changed. Dude, people took my acapella with this guy and he made reposted the TikTok with beats under them. And I'm like, music TikToks bless. Twitch, Twitch, I fucking raid this girl. She loads the stream of us freestyling and starts playing violin under us. I'm like, Whoa. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much. You want to be on all of it just smartly. Right. Diversify your social media, 100%. And yeah, look for the opportunities that Tyrell, not Tyler, makes sense for. So you probably want to bust into romance TikTok more than others. Bro, like, I don't know about like all of it, but I know there's Daddy Dom TikTok where men wear suits and like collars and do duets and then girls respond. Like, yo, there's there's vibes for everything (laughs) you're looking for. So maybe you just come with your eyes like that, a bunch of flowers. Your song's playing in the background, and you put Tyrell, Cause Saint Luke, Montreal. Where are you at? And you just hold up the flowers, <laughs> right? And it's super sincere, super on brand. Your sad song's playing in the background. Girls will be like, "Oh, Tyrell," and you're done. You fucking social media star, my guy. <laughs> it's just what it is. I hear you. That's that's you dropping gems. You dropping gems. I just that's how I see it now. It's like, what are the best qualities of a person? And then you just shape it around what their brand is. You are clearly Mr. Romance Love Man. Favorite genre, I'll be honest. 100% my favorite genre. Love a poem. Teary eyed, which I perceived as super stoned. Um, Tyrell talking about this movie he saw that inspired him from the soundtrack that he plays this instrumental. Oh, Drops this fucking poem that's moving me, my guy. It's moving me. I'm like, okay, okay. That's that. That's you. That's your brand in a whole moment. Yeah. Yes. That was from one of my favorite romantic comedies. Or not even a comedy. I think it's just a romantic film, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. About time. About time. Go watch it. 100% from that movie. Nah, for real though like that was some good shit so you just think about that so there's got to be love tiktok mm. and then you effectively integrate into love tiktok as in a, as i don't even know if you're available or not but your music makes it sound like you're available and heartbroken so i don't fucking know but that's what yeah. you step into and now you're an available man heartbroken on the prowl a little bit on tiktok the prowl eh? A little bit on the prowl, not like really on the prowl. You're fake on the prowl. You're more like available, but mysterious about it. You're just sad and you just want to find the true one, but it's none of you. Boom. Now you're just set. You just step into that shit. Wear some fucking outfits. Do maybe do it. This is where you maybe do a little booty shaking video as a joke. Maybe been dying to do a booty shake video. A hundred percent. That's where you get the money, bro. I know it sounds weird. But it's where you get the money no matter what you look like because somebody wants to see you shake your booty. And TikTok mm. knows mm. who wants to see you shake your booty. <laughs> That's what's crazy about TikTok is they know who wants to fuck you. <laughs> it's real shit, dude. TikTok is not oh, showing play, me a oh, person. It, it's crazy <laughs> what their stats are, but like I know it is, but it's like that's just TikTok. Instagram, you go more safe. You're a little more walk around montreal smiling you know and then facebook just write shit (laughs) just just write shit and put memes i don't know that's facebook 
Uh, I don't know what to do on Snapchat. Golden Jenny was like, you fucking moron, with politeness. She's very polite. She didn't say it like this. Why the fuck are you not on Snapchat, you motherfucker? You missing opportunities. And I'm like... Okay. Okay. She's like, there's a share button in that app that shares it to the other app. And I was like... Ah, Golden Jenny got me on basic <laughs> fucking words. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, man. It's just that's, that's what it is. Uh, and then I don't know. You don't have to like it though. You are. It doesn't matter if you like it. That's the only thing that's true about this. Hundred percent. And it's okay to you suck. Not control what the external what the external is. You know. Yeah, I release music and hope people like it. And if they do, they they do great. And and the rest of it is out of my control. But once you learn how to get your selfie game on point, and you start to learn how to do the angles, and you start to dad up, you got you mm. got to do the dad shit because you, it's dad shit time. The beard and shit. What, dad shit though? what are you what are you talking about? Dad shit. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter if you have kids. Just okay. do dad shit. It just, what does that even mean? What am I supposed to deal with kid or something? Go like, talk to dads. To just go find okay. some dads and see their dad energy and absorb that oh. dad energy and then go you got that dad energy on you zaddy type things Yo, you know i work i work for a father all these fathers be around me a lot they bring me around they're like let me tell you both and then you realize dads got balls of fucking steel because they're dads and they know <laughs> they're dilfs and they they you then you watch women hit on them all the time for their babies so they know what's up so they come in with like, I'm the corniest motherfucker you have seen. I'm a dad. <laughs> and it just works like a motherfucking charm. So I've been stepping okay. into that shit all year, trying to be the most corny regular fucking dude. Because, yo, it takes kind of like balls to do that shit, right? Like you, you Right, right. Confident. You got to let go of ego 100%. And then that gets flipped into perceived as confident. And it works like a motherfucking charm. And mm. so mm. I went regular, man. And the more I, and then you, you, people talk like, you're not regular. I'm like, I know I'm not fucking regular guy, but if I tell you I'm fucking cool, you're going to be like, you're not cool. And I don't want that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's <laughs> all so marketing, right? <laughs> I mean, I rap about being a marketer. So like everybody should be surprised. Like it's just like, right. I, I'm a marketer. It's, it's part right. of my day job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a good one. I just am one of whatever skill level it may be. Must be killing it. Must be killing it, bro. Nah, just doing okay. Doing well enough to apparently be the 10th best podcast of Montreal, according to Call It Montreal, which makes me go, how fucking bad are we doing? And I mean that. <laughs> like, bro, Like, I don't get numbers. I don't have that shit. <laughs> you know, like, 10th best? What? Who the fuck voted for me? And why aren't you watching? <laughs> it was like your social media butterfly song am i hating it fuck no my boss was like and i swear you're on a list with mike ward and i was like oh that impressed you a lot cool <laughs> so and then skin deep signed it so we did it i made a song called top 10 podcaster <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm on that vibe, though. I'm, like, really not trying to be perfect. A lot of people want to be perfect. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, in order for you to have a chance, somebody has to be, like, 
not doing that. Like, it has to be kind of the the lower end. I don't know how else to put yeah. it. Like, I'm gonna go on the lower end. The the shit that doesn't look as nice as your shit, and maybe it doesn't sound as nice as your shit, but there's so right. much of it. That, yeah. Like, there's not enough of those people. That's what I'm missing. Is like the people who are like, yeah, fuck it. You'll release one song. I'll put out a lot of songs. Mm, so that okay. way people when they get your shit see my shit and really back your shit like <laughs> but like in a big picture marketing this makes sense right but like who the fuck right. wants to play that role i really love it it's actually fun you can make songs about pickle chips and you can get away with that shit i found that out bro it's like the dude that came up with the song for the fucking montreal canadians or something like wear that sweater or, or yeah. wear that terrible terrible song totally trash but definitely in his realm towards where he got on the fucking news and he was able to market himself as a as a rapper. Mm. Good for him. I want to get on the news. But I have to get go. there, bro. I was gonna that's why I want to talk to politicians. I figure if I go talk to Sue Montgomery in the middle of her fucking scandals and shit, like, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, but, like, it's giving her an opportunity to come speak whatever she wants to speak. I'm not there to, yeah. like, tell them right or wrong. I even realized... I'm not there to employ my own personal politics. I had to think long and hard about what the fuck to do with it. I'm there to do this with politicians. You're there to give them the platform to really just talk about what they want to talk about. And then after that, whoever listens is up to them to decide what they want to decide from there. All I can say is I soft pitched one of them. Yo, what if you were to just throw five bills at a rapper? That would be a move. He's like, okay, five mirror. Okay. And I'm like, no shit. There's, there's opportunities of like songwriting. Op- not to say like that. I don't know. I was like, I don't know the laws or nothing on that. But like, why are none of you hitting up the hip hop scene? <laughs> you know, like not one Bro, of you have hit up an English rapper. The platforms that is growing, I think, the most rapidly, and I think hip hop is almost bigger than pop right now. Yeah. So if you can take it and you can take that and market it towards your your platform for, like, for I invest in NDG's local arts. Check this guy, and then find an NDG rapper and like fucking do some shit with them. And yo, to be fair, yo, I'm in this Thrive NDG group on Facebook, and yo, the politicians be campaigning in this group. It has become campaign. Mm. I never thought I'd say this, but because they said they wanted to talk to me, I'm highly invested in NDG local politics now, dude. <laughs> Shutting down of the game. It was big news. The police commissioner ignored Sue Montgomery. Like, fucking real shit. Though. And then you start thinking about it. Like, wait, hold up. The police commissioner ignored the fucking mayor? Hold the fuck up. There's actually something there that might need to be talked about that is beyond a hockey right. game. <laughs> right, right. 100%. 100%. And I hope that gets me on global. I want to be on the fucking global. I'm trying to make it on <laughs> CTE. <laughs> Yo, my mom would watch that shit, and it would probably be like for her, the fucking Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like Major me. Goals. Like if goals. me and Mitsumi Takahashi get to be on screen together, bro. Oh my gosh. You done did some shit in Montreal if you get Mitsumi. My mother would be the same if I made it on CJD. She listens to that every day. If I got um, on CJD, bro, major celebrity. Done. I want to be on CJD too now. That sounds fucking... Yeah, but that's it. Like the old parent shit. I want to do that circuit. <laughs> and I think that would be... Because I'd be like, yo, English hip-hop exists <laughs> the whole way through. <laughs> 
Yes, major. <laughs> we need to go on the map, bro, on major national platforms. I don't know how else to do it. So that popped into my lap, and I'm like, okay. So I'm going to have a very busy summer that is not outside. It'll be... <laughs> well, actually, after this shit, it's cool because when they're done, I can go outside, which is nice because the curfew's over and we can go. It's do over. Things. It's done, bro. It's over. We're out here. Now. It's done. We're, We're vaccinated enough. People be vaccinating, so it's fucking cool. <sighs> yeah, seventy percent. That's enough. Yeah, it's enough. And that just means people's doing it. That that yeah, exactly. So this Matt, that's democracy in action. That's what people said is real. 70% is more than 50. Fuck that. doesn't matter what anybody wants. It's going on. It's <laughs> happening here. I'm going to go get my second shot once I figure out. You know what happens? I just forget. They send me the email saying you can schedule it early, and I keep fucking forgetting. Yeah, I'm headed for September. We'll to, to August. Just because just, why not? You know, I'm going to get it anyway. Might as well get it early. Mm. And as Willie says, we're part of the experiment. Shout out Willie Scandals. He's been doing his thing for real reals. Uh, but I've been part of the experiment since I copped one of these motherfuckers, really. So, it's facts. I'm supposed time. to have people acting like phones don't play any role in government, freaking. Bro, anyway. they like on a be prior to even this level of phone, just the old phones, they could mm. still track you. Easy. They used to be able to do that, you know. So like. I mean, my guy, we've just been spied on forever. And I'm certain that, like, by the time we get it, the military had it for a decade. <laughs> so yeah. usually what it is, like, yo, the you, I don't know if you ever saw the HoloLens, the Microsoft HoloLens. Anyway, it's like a VR, IR shit. Super fucking um, big, like, VR system for businesses. Microsoft built that for the military. They just showed it to the world to flocks a bit, but they built it so the military can refine it. And then once the military is done whatever with it, they move it to us after. Bro, the internet was built for the military. What are we talking about here, bro? Everything's built for that shit. Well, tech in that country is a lot of focus. Yeah. I don't know about other stuff, but like, so, man, they've been spying for a minute. So this shit is a microchip. And you're asking me, do I no, want my, if I want this? Yeah, I do. I like it a lot. I'm really in it. I'm, I'm loving Who's life. I'm not gonna hate on it. I mean, I, there's parts of the old life that I remember that I really enjoy, mm. like not being accessible all the time. But yeah, no. Like I don't like what, the idea that I need to be on my phone in order to make sure that you, if you, when you want to talk to me, I'm there. But you don't. I don't like that idea. But you can break that just by not giving a fuck what they think. That's my oh, solution. That's a thing. <laughs> I know it's weird, but I just don't. Like, I'll answer you when I can answer. I mean, I can't. Like, yo, somebody right now could be like, maybe I can answer it. But, like, my whole life changed. I'm at work. Yeah. I'm at work and shit. If I'm at, like, this side, this side. And so it's, like, honestly, when I can is just what people can get. And that's just the life. Yeah. So because of life, it forced me down that path. And it's just so amazing. I keep it on silent all day. My ringer is never on. Max, I don't keep the ringer on because I don't like to be that accessible. Like, I need to reply to you when I receive the message. Oh. No, I'll reply to you when I get my message, when I read it, when I want to, you know? And shit, if you don't leave a voicemail, there's a 50% chance I'm just going to text you. What are you calling me and not leaving a voicemail for? I don't know. But no, they, I mean, if you're calling private number and don't leave a voicemail, I never got the call. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. It's not real. Like, you could be trying to find me. You're never going to, like, I don't know. Like, why are you not Facebook messaging me? <laughs> or just 
just simple text man it's not that simple like if like just bro like if i got you have me on facebook just message me i'm, I'm tired of the phone calls or if you don't reach me my phone call text me and tell me what the fuck you wanted to talk about i'll read it and then i'll call you back mm. but i'm not gonna do a call back on a call unless i know what it was about Nah, i mean like i just i like zooms actually because it's like a group call like i'm kind of into okay. video calls video calls are cool i flex with them a lot it's the closest thing in person, I guess. Yeah, but I'm, I'm always kind of... It's also like Star Trek, so if it's close to Star Trek, I fucks with it. And so video calls okay. is dope. I'm with yeah, it. Close to Star Wars. I feel you. I feel you. VR is dope for the connectedness yeah. of it. So if we had like cool avatars and we could like fist bump, it would be actually fucking blessed. Fist bump, okay. Just a little, quick fist bump and all the information gets transferred? That type no, of just literally just, yo, having my avatar fist bump your avatar is cool. I don't even need more than Art. that. You're just, Hard. just, because this isn't as fun. Wow. That's not cool. It's just like you zoom. It's weird, but in VR, you don't get the photorealism, but you get fist bumps. So I fist bumped mm. Sadat X. Okay. Like the hip hop guy from not Sadat, one of them, one of those fucking old timey hip hop guys. It wasn't Sadat. It was one of the D DJ Grandmaster Kaz. It was Grandmaster Kaz. So okay. I fist bumped him in a virtual New York. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, it's weird, but it's cool. It's almost like connecting with them, but it was so weird. Not. It's not where yeah. I want it to be. It's harder to sell than Zoom. <laughs> Zoom is an easy sell. Right. Yeah, man. Um, so when are you gonna start your acting debut then? How are you gonna do that? Oh, um, I mean it's all about like actra, figuring out how to do more extra work and then really just figuring out how to to be honest, I really just wanna get more in shape. I just wanna get to a point where I'm like I don't want to be the traditional Robert De Niro, you know? I want to be like super fit, get into videos that way, and then after that, become a great actor, actor you know? I respect Take some lessons. Lot. I respect I want to do the, the cheat way, the cheat way, 100%. Should run it. Man, yeah. If you have the opportunity to do that, do it. That's why I started losing weight, honestly. I was like, I'm going to make my life easier. I can sell sex. Holy shit. <laughs> the easiest way to sell. So do that first, and then after that, I could take acting lessons to really get more refined on my craft, you know? I love it, man. Yeah, I appreciate this conversation. This is a fucking good time. I really dig this I a lot, man. I feel like you have a great personality. I feel like your music's blessed. The range of the music that you have out there really showcases that. Your ability to pivot between R&B and hip-hop is dope. The visuals you present are nice and it's not just that like the clean images the whole like rollout to your single was really well done um, you know it really was like you did a whole like pro tier fucking moves you know it wasn't like amateur looking i caught no, my yeah, eye for sure promo, then after that behind the scenes a lot of people were saying don't do behind the scenes before the video comes out but i was like i'm not at a level where i could release the video and then release the behind the scenes because who's going to watch it that but if I do the behind the scenes, people are going to be like, what's going on here? What's the video going to be? And then drop the video. That's it. It actually worked out in a way where I saw the behind the scenes and said, oh, they put work in on this. Mm. I might want to care about this video more. So whoever told you not to do it was lying. It was a bad move. The way you did it was right. Mm. I actually mm. watched your behind the scenes video. I fucking swear. Yeah. And then I was more invested. Maybe that's part of why, like, when you asked me earlier about the song thing, 
it didn't hit me the way it hit you because I watched the behind the scenes first. So I was a little bit acclimated to some. And then I saw the teasers that you posted and shit. So it wasn't fully a bunch of stimuli. It was more like I got excited when I recognized what I recognized from your trailer with the end part that you put, you know, so like it had this whole impact where your marketing just kind of worked. I don't know why it all showed me your shit too. Like out of nowhere, it just started pumping me Tyrell shit. I don't know what it is. And I knew we were doing this interview before we did it. You know what I'm saying? And it worked out like really cool. I just been keeping my eye on it for a minute. I mean, uh, like I said, a few people have held your name in very high regard, very high regard, and that's not lost on me. So you just need to, uh, you know, look at yourself in the same light, I suppose. Cause he's fucking amazing, dude. We're pushing forward from here. You know what I'm saying? Bro, who else dropped multisyllabics because of Dr. Seuss? <laughs> This guy bring it all the way back from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do that shit. That's that's it. That's the secret to my interview skills. I remember things. <laughs> that's it. Don't need anything else. You just need a memory. You got that. You're that being said, Holden, I do need to flex. I that's do have flat. a work shift coming up. Yeah, and I was like, it's nine. It's probably a good time to wrap it up. Um, but I appreciate having you here. Um, thank y'all for watching too. It was really wonderful. All your links are going to... Shout out to the Twitch streamers. Shout out to the Facebook Live. Um, and then all of your links are going to be down below. So they'll be able to go click and find all this stuff. So you don't have to worry about saying it all. Um, and then, yeah. So basically, it was super cool having you. I'm just setting up the raid. Uh, like, follow, subscribe. All the fucking lovely people in the future that are going to watch this. Y'all are wonderful too. And uh, special thanks to the patrons is Milgad MC, Chris Powell, Jonathan Barnes, TJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, Scribble, Duff, support what we do, patreon.com slash behind that suit if you want to do it. Oh, follow behind that suit, let's go. Great. And then um, also follow Tyrell because he's wonderful and it's not Tyler. <laughs> it's not, definitely don't. It's not Tyler. It's just not Tyler. It's not. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right.